Hey, welcome to another episode of Fair the Burn with me, your host, Fairburn. Uh, I'm here with my two guests today, uh, Cougar Coburn, host of the Cougar Coburn podcast. Uh, check it out. It's a very delightful podcast. Uh, and I'm here with my other guest, uh, Chandler, who's some fuck that we found on the street. And so we pulled him in here. Um, but I mostly pulled him in here because I happened to hear him say that Slayer uh, is heavy metal, which is technically correct. But I mostly wanted to correct him and tell him that Slayer is actually considered thrash metal which is a subgenre of heavy metal. So you can go now. It's just oh, me, me and Come Cougar. on, man. Yeah. All right, I'll just... Uh, I don't, know about <laughs> that, don't worry about it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm thrashing out of here. <laughs> is that a harder um, version of heavy metal? Well, heavy metal is just like a blanket term. Right, but what does thrash metal indicate? Like, is it more guitar? Is it heavier guitar? Is it heavier bass? Is it about just... Yeah, it's just it's just a style. It's Satan like, loves it as you eternally rot. No, it's... I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of like the... When you think... When a lot of people think of metal, like Slayer, Metallica, like, all that's thrash metal versus, like, hair metal, which is more, uh, like... Uh, oh, fuck. I don't Motley Crue? Uh, yeah, yeah, more similar to Motley Crue. You know, Kiss? It's hair metal, uh, Twisted Sister. Like, like hair bands? Like, yeah, the actual guys you see with the long hair and dressing like girls. and We're like, not gonna take it! Yeah, but, I mean, there's, there's like, fucking eight or nine or ten, like, subsections of, like, heavy metal. There's What's, like, what is the weirdest name of any of those subsections of metal? Uh... I don't know the necessarily like the weirdest name. Grindcore or deathcore are pretty weird. Like, grindcore, yeah, grindcore. <laughs> it's a type of metal. Uh, but there's also like there's like new wave alternative English metal, which is like Led Zeppelin and like that sort of shit. And then there's also like just like alternative or like nu like new alternative metal, which is like these weird like. I describe them as jazz metal because it's like music that you would listen to. I can show you one after the yeah. after the pod, but like this band called uh, Behold the Octopus, where you you just listen to it and you're like, this, like most people I know are not gonna like this because of like it feels manic and like it doesn't go together. But there's also something you're like the, the way that they're playing these instruments is like super skilled, so mm -hmm. you have to like respect that even if you don't necessarily like it. Is it the same? And you can talk about this because you know what I'm talking about. But when they play different time signatures at the same time, that's called polyrhythms. And do they do shit like that? Yeah, uh, I mean that—that's something that I like. I haven't necessarily looked into like this. This metal band does. This one doesn't. Um, so I'd say potentially yes. I know specifically like uh, oh fuck, oh the one band that I like, Mashuga. Uh, Mashuga, thank you. Really? Is that uh, it? Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah! I got it. Good guess. And uh, they're <laughs> also grindcore. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I—I applaud the effort. Uh, but yeah, like Mashuga uses a lot of polyrhythms, but uh, like. Uh, the alternative metal is a little bit different because it sounds less rhythmic because with polyrhythms, like every, you know, X amount of measures, the, the beats match up. So it feels like they're on beat. So mm -hmm. they're playing these uh, separate beats that are nice. It's the same as doing that, that acting exercise where you raise one and then do this. That's, that's all like polyrhythms. Yeah. And so there becomes a point where they link up and it's like, it becomes super satisfying. I feel like, but yeah, yeah I, know. I, I see what you're saying for sure. Um, so I guess we should actually introduce our guest today, who yeah, kindly introduced us. Be nice of us. Uh, the great Fairburn himself uh, we have with us today. Um, A.K.A. Man. John Proctor. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Grapple Chimp. A.K.A. David. <laughs> I'll, t I'll take that one. That's a good one. A.K.A. Um, fuck you, David, Grapple and Chimp. I'm glad you're here. Uh, yeah, David. Fuck, fuck him, David. Buddy. David just drove eight hours from Seattle to Boise um, this morning. 
in Dang. a Mustang uh, that is older than he is. Uh, no. It isn't? No, it's 2002. I'm not that young. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a 1995, baby. No. How was your drive? Uh, it was long and boring, and I fucking hate driving to Boise because it's all just flat. Not only that, but leaving Seattle, dude, is super nice and sunny, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, fuck this weather, because the whole time I'm there, so many days, it's all gray and bullshit, Then yep. as soon as I'm leaving, it's like, <laughs> look at this perfect hiking weather, <laughs> and everything's green, and then you get over a pass, and it drops into, like, just the desert, like, Idaho in eastern Washington feel, and you just suddenly feel the depression sinking in, but, I mean, other than that, it was great. <laughs> as soon as you pass Prosser... It's like yeah. one, like so you go up like Snoqu- Snoqualmie Pass and mm-hmm. then you come down and then you get into Prosser. As soon as you're past Prosser, it's like all right, here comes fucking fields and gray and brown rolling hills that aren't hills, and it's just all just gross and shit. And- I mean, although I will say, like, some part of that also, like, being from this area, like driving back here, I was like, and maybe it was because I was coming to see you guys, so that was exciting, but like. It, it definitely, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah, like, it feels is, good. Yeah, yeah this is where, feels good and I bit. never thought I would get that with Idaho, because the whole time I was here, I, I was always like, can't wait to fucking leave, fuck this place, I hate Idaho, and then I went somewhere, and I always thought it was because it was like, super conservative, and I was like, I'm mm-hmm. not conservative, then I went somewhere super liberal, and I was like, oh, it's all the same shit, there's mm-hmm. just crazy people on both sides, and they kind of spew the same bullshit, but yeah. the opposite ends. But we also, I mean, we moved to Seattle when it wasn't even Seattle. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. I don't know what real Seattle is like. Yeah, neither one of us do because we both lived there solely during COVID, which I mean, again, is like... And civil unrest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you went to CHOP multiple times. Yeah. I just went with you when it was fucking bad. When and... it was fucking Mad Max wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> and if we were there at night, we for sure would have been the white people that got shot and killed. We yeah. were getting yelled at by that dude with I, the gun, man. Actually, dude, less, less and less... Uh, People start the the more I embraced my homeless guy aesthetic, uh, less and less people tried to fuck with me. Good. Uh, I did have somebody like in my last week though, like actually try to run up on me uh, from behind, and I had to turn around and like eye him down and like stare at him, and then I like crossed the road, and he still tried to follow me, and then I ended up like no. running the, my last five blocks to work, wow. and I like called and was like make sure the because it was I mean I get there. At, 4 a.m. So it's dark as shit outside. So I called him to make sure, like, hey, make sure you guys are at the door because there's this fucking guy following me. And if we got to throw hands, Whoa. I'd rather have two than one. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, David's seen some Whoa. crazy shit when he's walking Dude, I'm to pretty work. sure I've seen people die just, like, on my walk to work in the morning. Like, I've, I literally, this, this place we lived in, uh, Justin and I, was downtown, right? And I walked out of my house up one block, and there was a guy laying on the ground, face down, just bleeding and screaming. And I was like, I don't know if this guy like Whoa. is like going through some shit or if he's like in real trouble because he's just laying there bleeding. But like, yeah. And then I've seen other people just laying there uh, again, like screaming, withdrawing, like having seizures. And you like pass by, and there was one guy that was just like, "Please, aspirin, aspirin, please." And I was like, Whoa. I, "All I have is a sandwich. I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> I can throw you a ham and cheese. Let yeah, me hear you yeah. go. Holy yeah. shit. I, I definitely have had like I've had to like you know had confrontations with people and had like people pass me and then you can feel them like stop and turn around and so you have to also do that otherwise you know they're gonna try to fucking creep up from behind you and shit. Whoa. Or can, what about the Asian dude who is uh, who yelled at you from across the street? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That see that one. <laughs> 
this fucking Asian guy, I get, I like have this nice long walk in the morning. I see the sunrise. I sit and eat a pop tart that I share with this other homeless guy. And we, he like tells me about his life and we talk and it's like this beautiful moment. I'm like, there is hope for the world. And then I, I'm walking, I get to this cra- crosswalk and this Asian guy that's, you know, out of his mind on the other side looks at me and just yells, you ain't that fucking tough. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just look at him. I was like, I have to go that way. So we're about to see who's that fucking tough, but he went the other way. So, oh, that sounds like a, like a video game, you know, like when you're in, like GTA, when you're walking down the road and just some random guys like. Hey, you ain't that fucking tough, you know? Like yeah, that. exactly. Well, There's just some random... Like a line that yeah, someone yeah, wrote. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, dude, it's crazy out there. And it, it's weird, like, it has still, like, even since you've been there, it has continually gotten worse since wow. they no. fucking defunded the police. Yeah, dude, like, there's tents starting to pop up like in capitol hill because like why we were there you know there was tents popping up in that pioneer square and then once you go up james and kind of get over like into into capitol hill yeah. it's like nice it's like oh, a college area but it's like they're slowly there's just more and more and more and nobody does anything about it so they're moving bro mm-hmm. they're on the move because if if cops show up and try to flush them out, then you know activists show up and they're like, "No, these homeless guys need this land." I'm like, "There's like 18 other parks where they're full of them. Just send them to those ones." Like, also, <laughs> you know, them. you know what else they need? A job, dude. And they need yeah. a fucking job. Yeah, and yeah. also you know, like a clean source of heroin, maybe yeah. some clean needles. A, a place to do the heroin would probably be beneficial. Here's the thing, but most, like, not most, but there is a good section of homeless people that choose to be homeless that don't even do drugs. They're fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah, but why are you fighting for those people that are like, I want to live out on the street? All right, well, then go to the mountains, go to the yeah. foothills, like, don't go in the fucking cities. This is where civilization mm-hmm. happens. Well, yeah, and it, when it's hard too, because it's like, then they create, like, they, I mean, they literally like tip over trash cans looking for food and stuff, but it's like nobody picks that up, so it creates, right? And then businesses have started to leave uh, because of, I mean, because of COVID, but also because of like the homeless problems, because there was a few businesses that started having female employees being chased after shifts, and Jesus Christ. they'd have try to have business meetings, and like their their uh, business like uh, possible sponsors are stepping over literal piles of human shit to try to get into their store. And it's just like wow, just well, slowly kill business and i'm not trying to say that like homeless people shouldn't have a right and they shouldn't be loved and they shouldn't be cared for but i'm just saying like you know david and i went to chop or Chaz. i mean it was Chaz it became chop that kind yeah. of little city inside of seattle and david went there when it was nice and people were giving out cookies and fruit and shit and like it was mm-hmm. loving but when we showed up again like we said there was like a car in the middle of the street that was like spray painted and looked like people just beat on it with like baseball bats. There oh. was fucking people selling shit like on booths. There's liter- a literal tent encampment across like this entire. Wow. Like, well, and there was a homeless guy who came up to us and he was like, hey, guys, how you doing? And I was like, good. You know, I had just gotten there like, what, two weeks ago? Like so soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like and, the first thing we did together. Yeah. Jesse like we chop. went to chop yeah. and I was like, David, what the fuck? Why did you bring me to Mad Max Fury Road, dude? Like this, <laughs> that guy yelled at us in the car and because we didn't like i didn't realize he was talking to us so we didn't say anything so we kept driving and like started yelling like actually mean shit towards us because just because we didn't respond and i was like i thought this was supposed to be a happy place right. like, what the yeah. fuck is that about and i kind of felt uncomfortable i'm not gonna lie dude oh, yeah. I, i'm a small town kid from idaho i was like what is going on right now but there was this homeless guy who came up to us and he was like hey guys how you doing uh you know and I, we were like good man he's like man you guys are the first people i've seen in like two weeks man we're surrounded by motherfuckers. <laughs> by hundreds of people. Hundreds, of, hundreds people. of people. And he's like, you're the first people oh I've seen God. in two weeks, man. My name's Mario. You know, can I get some money? And, you know, we're smart. So we're like, you know, sorry, we don't have any fucking right. cash on us. And he was like, well, I got cash app. 
Oh yeah, Chance said, "Oh, sorry, man. All I got is my phone. I don't have my wallet." He's like, "I got cash He's out. Like, I got cash oh. out." I was like, "This homeless guy named Mario has a cell phone and electronic funds, but he hasn't seen anybody in two weeks." Okay, I ended up cash shopping him like twenty bucks. I hope that he got some clean needles and clean shout heroin. out to Mario. Shout out to shout fucking out Mario. Mario. So, so that come bring... on the pod, Mark. Hey, <laughs> maybe maybe that was all he needed. Maybe his life is great now. Yeah. he was able to get some new pants, a new shirt. Maybe got a he's job. happily married. He owes me yeah. kids. Happily married. You know? He owes me 20 bucks. That's all I'm trying to say. The motherfucker better pay Spread me the back. love back. Spread the love back. Um, th- I think this brings up a really interesting topic. What is your opinion on full legalization of drugs? Uh, I Initially, like hearing that statement makes me go, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. But I think that's just because of uh, drug education and the failure of drug education mm-hmm. in the in like America, uh, or at least where I went to school, uh, because, you know, they made... Uh, they made pot seem like the same thing as heroin, and that's right. a super big problem, right? Because then I started doing smoking pot, and I was like, "Oh, drugs are not at all like like they told me they were." Uh, so, and I, I mean, I've done I've done some opiates. I haven't done like shot up heroin or sniffed heroin per se, um, but I definitely think that I think there's benefit to it because I think that it could give one. We as a country could make a shitload of money. A lot of money, uh, and I think that I think it would also like just the idea of the war on drugs in general is stupid. Like it's it's a stupid endless cause that I think has created a lot of death and destruction, and also creates a lot of problems with like Mexican cartels coming in and drug runners mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. Like it creates a lot of problems at our borders. Where if we legalize drugs, suddenly those guys don't have a business anymore, right? And now we are the business, and we can start like making money off that. Which I mean, it's Maybe fucked up to make money off people's addictions, but we do it with alcohol and, and weed now too, and, and cigarettes and half and sugars. But you would also be able yeah. to sugar, especially. You'd be able to regulate food. it too. That would be the thing. Yeah. Is like and you could regulate how much you're selling people, and you make sure it's clean. You're getting from a good source. Right. Like, like a well, big a big issue is fentanyl being uh, found in. Mm-hmm. I mean, cocaine, yep. uh, heroin, heroin, like so many. I mean, and there's a lot of celebrities that have overdosed. And I make I always make the joke when I hear a celebrity OD. I say, Oh, was it fentanyl? Did it get them? Because a lot of them, it's not like they intend to do it it's just right it's because things aren't legal and they're not clean there's no regulation right so I, right i think that i overall would say that there's probably uh more benefits than negatives because people are going to do drugs no matter what so being like well you would let people be addicted to drugs yeah dude like at some point we got to treat people like adults right mm-hmm. you can't be like you can't put that in your body you have to put this vaccine in your body you right can't, like, right that's true i think it's kind of fun well up. and drugs have just showed us the people are going to do what they're going to do regardless well and you know someone yeah. going into a heroin store and stealing heroin that ends in the store calling the police and them figuring it out that way like if you ran in and stole milk from winco or something or you know something more valuable but when it's illegal and you steal heroin from a dealer, what's a common outcome? Someone dies. Someone's going to die. You go yeah. settle it in the street yeah. because you can't get the cops involved. It's an interesting topic because um, I've had some people in law enforcement tell me that they think like society would crash if they – Really? Yeah. Cause what, what's their justification? Because they have experienced what like the, like the worst of the worst of what drugs can do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, people don't understand like – going into like so many crack houses and actually seeing these people like suffering and you know like really really being harmed but and so they think but the the big question is do a lot of people not do drugs simply because they're illegal like cuz I don't do meth because it's illegal 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not the reason yeah. that holds me back. Yeah. So the question is, if we made this legal, would 50% of America then run and all do heroin? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, and, and I honestly don't know if that would be the case. But some people with a more negative look on human beings would say, well, yeah, we're all just looking for that next high. And once you make it legal, everyone's going to run and do heroin. I don't know about that. So I, I would I would agree. Uh, I would disagree with that just because I think if, if you look at pot, yeah, maybe more people smoke pot, but it doesn't in- inherently mean that there's more lazy stoners that have thrown away their life just to smoke weed mm. that maybe there's there's uh like some amount of those but <laughs> but <laughs> i just raised my hand <laughs> <laughs> but like i mean i also would argue the opposite of people that are like good examples like dr carl hart that like does heroin like casually like sniffs a little bit of heroin and is a fucking doctor and like a really smart guy and, wow. a, and a functioning person to society yeah like he has a, I, a great episode of jre and also he's got a book that he put out but like this is a i don't remember what university some prestigious university harvard mm-hmm. or brown or some shit like that but yeah like somebody who's like an upstanding who's like doing member of society that's like no you can do drugs and still function it's the the, the problem is that we have no way to regulate it or people don't right. have like doses. You can't just do like a little bit of heroin, right? Because you don't know how much you're getting. You yep. don't know the potency of it. Well, and because like, is it possible that if it was legal that less people would do it? A lot of people are attracted to shit that they're told you can't do this. Yeah. A lot Good of point. times I'll argue with someone because they're like, you're not supposed to believe that. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to believe that. Like, you know what I mean? Initially. Like, mm-hmm. and then that's yep. what gets people in initially. And like those drugs are addictive. A lot of people don't have discipline. A lot of people have addictive personalities so if it was legal and people were like yeah you can do some fucking heroin if you wanted to like how many more people who would have done heroin if it was illegal would be like eh, you know i i know what it is i probably like and if you're educated about it you're right. like i know what's going on because a lot of people who just start doing drugs they just can't stop but yeah. I, I feel like it also uh, more than just like the addictive nature of the drug i feel like it comes down to like situation too it's like a lot of people use drugs because it's their escape from the world that they live in because they're in a job that they fucking hate that they've experienced trauma from their childhood you know just like whatever it is like life fucking sucks for them so that's that's their escape but if that's the case do you think that more people would maybe turn to something less hard like going to pot as opposed to someone being like going to heroin you know what i mean potentially because i mean like Mm -hmm. uh, they do use pot to to get a lot of people that are addicted to heroin to to be able to come off because i mean at least when i've done opiates fucking pot's way better dude i do not like the high from opiates and i mean you don't like feel like you're melting and dying david no well i just like i start cold sweating and i'm like like nothing satisfying i start looking at like i'm like like i smoke pot and i'm like man i want to i want to hang out i want to play video games i want to be around people and do any form of opiates i'm like i don't know man life just kind of do anything so i i think it comes down to like everyone has like you know their own their own drug right uh so i feel like the ability to at least experiment is wouldn't necessarily be bad either well and here's another interesting for people who have conflicting views is i feel like an analogy can be made the same with drugs the same with guns okay so if you want to make all guns illegal just like you would want to make all drugs illegal the argument is, well, if you make all guns illegal, criminals and people who want to get a hold of guns will still get a hold of guns, mm-hmm. just like drugs. Yeah. If someone will say, well, guns kill people, and you put the gun on the table and say, okay, gun kill somebody, and it doesn't. <laughs> well, you, if you have a bag of meth and put it on the table and say, well, go kill somebody, meth, it won't until someone picks it up and pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that kind of goes back and forth of, you know, like, 
where is our consistency with our logic? You know, like, cause we have this logic with guns, but then people will turn around and say, well, we need to ban all drugs. And people would say, well, we need to make all drugs illegal, but we need to turn around and take away everyone's guns. And it's like, well, there's, there, it's the same logic that you're using, but differently in two situations, you know? See, okay. But even on, even on the idea of gun control, and I, I hate that I came up with this idea recently because I also just watched a podcast where Tom Segura talked about it and it fucking made me mad because it made me feel like he's stealing my bit. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't realize, like I started, I saw somebody posting something about gun control. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I never really have looked into it. I'm going to look into a little bit about like gun control and, and, and gun deaths and stuff. And I found out that uh, only 39,000 people uh, die per year per, from gun violence, which, don't get me wrong, that is 39,000 people dead. That's fucking horrible. That is so sad. But, uh, one, a large portion of those, like 10,000 or 11,000 of those, are suicides, right? Mm. So I feel like those, that's, that's its own category, so that's yep. an even smaller number. But not only that, but if, like, that feels like a large number, but if you look at how many people die in the world in general... And from other things like uh, like heart disease is the biggest one, killing over six hundred thousand people a year, which has to do with people being overweight and eating shitty and always consuming uh, high fructose corn syrup and stuff like that. But nobody talks about that. You're not allowed to fucking fat shame people, right? So it's like, I feel like people are just talking about the five hundred fifty deaths we lost from COVID, as opposed to the six hundred thousand yep. we've lost yearly. Exactly. Well, and the fact that the fact that a lot of those five hundred fifty thousand people that we've lost from COVID. It's because they were overweight and had heart disease and lung disease and diabetes and other stuff like that from or ninety, 90 years, years old, old. Yeah. or fucking ninety years yeah. old. What was it like? Eighty percent, sixty-five and up of yeah. the deaths. Eighty percent were sixty-five and, and, and up. And people were like, "It's cruel if you're gonna say that just because they're old that they should die." I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they're on their way out, dude. I'm just saying their body's breaking down. Like even if they caught anything, there's a good chance they could die from getting a cold, from getting the flu, from getting. Anything, dude, from from taking the vaccine. The majority of people who have been having serious complications from the vaccine are also older people. Yep. Yep. Well, I think it's funny too that uh, like people people aren't willing to accept the idea that some amount of people are gonna die. Yeah, uh, like they they want to save everyone. We we just can't. That's not that's you not can't. how it works. We're not gonna be able to do that. And you uh, know what? We've saved most people. There's 400 million people in this country. Is is 550 thousand deaths or whatever? the world or is that just america uh, i couldn't tell you because regardless say, I say that's america i think it's okay. just america I well regardless it's, it's not even a million of our 400 million people which no. again i'm not trying to be a dick and be like oh you know the the money of the few or the the i'm Wait, gonna fuck that fucking statement up from spock you guys know what i'm talking about nope. the needs of the many the, the, the needs of the few yeah something like that which again that's a fucked up statement to say but a little bit, you need to save as many people as you can, but you're not going to save everybody. Well, and yeah. you need context, you know, because say COVID has killed 10 million people in the United States, then we would be having a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. And we, but that's the thing. We have relative statistics to look at and we can look at it and say, oh my God, if 10 million people have died, that is a red flag. That is a red flag. But if it's like, okay, 500,000 people have died, we should probably keep our eye on this. And maybe if you're, if you have health issues, you should take precautions. But what about people dying of their heart, you know, the heart issues and everything. No, it's their blood all pressure. Right. You know, like America has an issue with obesity and no one is talking about that. You know, 900,000 kids or 800,000 kids in the United States go missing every single Cougar, stop. year. Stop. Sorry. You're fat shaming me. You're, you're fat shaming America right now. <laughs> well, and you just stop talking about people's bodies for a minute. 
just because if you and I ate the same thing every single day, our bodies would still look different, okay, Cougar? If we did the same workout every day, our bodies would still be different. Fair. I want to wa- tell you You're something right, right real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzo? Lizzo fucking performs three hours a night. Okay, she sings. She she plays the flute in the middle of her song. That's the equivalent if you <laughs> ran for seven miles an hour for a full hour. Could I see Lizzo run one mile? <laughs> I just want. Like, I'm not. Like, I don't mean that to be that. I just want to know just, if she can run a mile. Like if she's mm-hmm. that fit, she should be able to run a mile. She right? probably could. I doubt she could run like three. But I bet you, like Lizzo, you know what I mean. She's a big girl for sure, but she does perform. I would say a mile, but for to say that's like if you ran seven miles an hour for a whole hour, dude. That's people who don't run. Yeah, you don't understand how fast seven yeah. miles an hour yeah. is. That's fucking speedy, man. Well, and not only that, but you hear that stuff about Lizzo. But it's like Lizzo also recently took a bunch of shit because she was trying to lose weight and she like went on like this juice fast. Yeah. And uh, people, like, the people that are, like, you know, no fat shaming, like, they attacked Lizzo. The same thing happened to Adele. Adele lost a shitload of weight, and people were, like, mad about it. I was like, it's why like are you get, mad about somebody bettering their life? You're yeah. getting locked Fuck into you. being fat. Yeah. Because it's like, well, now that you've joined this community, you, you're stuck or else we'll hate you. It's like, but that's the thing. Losing weight can be healthy. And, but th- that's another thing is the context. You know, are you 100 pounds and you're losing weight because you hate yourself or have you been able to identify that you do have some weight that could probably come off and you would be a lot healthier? You'd be a lot better off. You know, that's dude. I hope I make it as a fat guy. I hope I don't lose any weight before I like get famous and my fucking comedy career takes off. Is that so you can slim down and blow everyone away? No, it's so I slim down and then get canceled. Oh, so I can make all my money, get canceled, and then run away to the fucking mountains. Dude, that's the fucking dream. That's make the dream. A, make dude. a few million, have a few good years. Everyone cancels you. You say this is what I wanted the whole yep. fucking time, and retire to the mountains and go shoot bows. Yep. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the drug conversation, do you know about the bill that we were talking about before the pod about uh, Idaho trying to make? No. So, listen to this. Idaho was literally trying to pass a bill where they were saying any drug that isn't currently legal, that is like psychoactively um, affecting, is going to be put into our constitution as being illegal forever. Forever. I don't think you can make something illegal. That's what they were saying. But like, I feel like at some point anyone could just come along and like undo that, right? Like, what I guess what would make it forever? Like, how what what defines forever? Like, how? I guess, how does that work? I don't understand. In in the bill, they would put for eternity, ever and ever, for it's all like, of time. It's like Scientology when you sign that billion year contract. They're like, it's you know what? You signed it. You got the next billion years. So fuck them. It's all for you now. <laughs> Go talk to the aliens and the warlords out in space. You'll yeah, be fine. Like, like other people, other people that are like you know lawyers and shit are like, oh, if you sign that billion year contract. Sorry, dog, you're in it for a billion years. <laughs> No getting out of that one. Pretty sound. <laughs> a lawyer looks at the bill for for Idaho's weed, and he's like, sorry, can't ever have pot ever it's, again. It just, it just says, weed should be illegal for dot, 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 ever. <laughs> <laughs> like all caps and exclamation marks like somebody texted it's it. It's underlined three yeah. times, like <laughs> emboldened. Dude, it, and the, their reason was because they were like, well, the reason is because, number one, they wanted to keep their Idaho way of life, quote, unquote. Don't know what that means because you're also trying to be the freest state in the nation. I think that I think that this goes back to change. I think people are too afraid to change. Oh yeah, uh, and I think that people are too uh, are so afraid of change that they're unwilling to challenge their own views, and that goes for every end of the fucking spectrum. Well, and you know who's the most afraid of change? 
Idahoans. Yeah. Like, Boise literally, Mark Johnson, the guy who just blew up on fucking Twitter. I don't know if you know about that. He blew up on goddamn I, Twitter. I, I you don't, don't care. Social media. I understand. But he, like, two years ago got on the news and was like, hey, everyone who's visiting for this conference, because uh, there's, like, a big conference happening. He's like, everyone who's visiting, you know, we just want to let you know. We love you. We're glad that you're visiting our state. But unfortunately, we're full. We are at capacity in Boise. You cannot move here. There is no vacancies. Like, trying to, like, discourage, like, Californians, people like that yeah. to not move here. The other reason for trying to make that bill uh, about, I like, any drug being illegal is because every other state was legalizing drugs. You mean Oregon? And Washington and Utah and Montana. Oh, so like the surrounding states as well. Well, and not just that. Literally like the whole nation is like, you know, maybe it's time that we get behind like at least medical marijuana. Okay, but hold on. Look at look at what's happened with pot, okay? It, it, it is like a small-scale version of what's going on at the border with drugs being illegal, right? It, I all the surrounding states, Oregon and shit, is like, pot's now legal. Great. Except Idaho's like, no, fuck you. But it's not like Idaho doesn't. That didn't solve the problem. There's no. still a fuckload of pot in Idaho. Right. It's just people drive the hour to Oregon yeah. and come on that. <laughs> yep. But I guess that greater Idaho fucking Oregon bill would fix that shit. That's part of the reason it they want that. It wouldn't fix it, bro. <laughs> it wouldn't fix it. Well, the, the part of it, they said they wanted to move the border farther over so that uh, like Oregon wasn't only an hour away from Boise. I know. That's what I'm saying. It would make it, it harder for people here to get weed legally in Oregon. But you know it's still going to happen. Oh, I know, yeah, I know I'll people drive like, seven hours, Yeah, I was going to say, I have a friend in uh that's in bear lake that drives fucking five hours to go to oregon just to buy an ounce and we'll drive back in the same day like it's not going to stop yeah it's not going to stop people from from smoking pot or getting their fucking you know their drugs so i no no i just think it's i just think it's ridiculous that they're like forever we're trying to make this shit illegal because everyone else is doing it it's like you're just again you're just afraid to change well that's the thing is like there is medical proven benefits to this that's something that i feel like if if the majority or however it works are still afraid of recreational weed. I think that's, that's, I might disagree with that, but that's fine. But I right. feel like withholding like the medicine uh, for people that can really, really help them in a, in a much more natural way than just filling them up with a bunch of pills, <laughs> you know, that's well, right. Cause what's like most of the pills that they give people are have shit that's in them. That's worse than fucking, uh, than can fucking cannabinoids, and that, right? That's like, another epidemic that's happening is yeah. you know the opioid epidemic. Yeah, like, painkillers are people fucking are getting rampant. their lives ruined. You yeah. know? Well, that's the real gateway drug, bro. Painkillers and pills; those are the that's the real gateway drug, like into doing harder shit. I mean, I disagree just because I did pot first. So then when I was on opioids, I was like, I'm just gonna go back to smoking pot because it's way better. Yeah, but the, people say like like <laughs> pot is the gateway drug out oh. of harder drugs. You know what oh, I mean? Like people who yeah. do harder drugs, like well, you know, we grew up again in like the no means no and the, like, the red week or whatever. I guess no means no is co it's consent. It's not necessarily <laughs> yeah, really yeah, that's kind of a different thing. Uh, <laughs> no, no means no. Don't <laughs> stick that heroin in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> don't fill that bowl again i can't yeah, i can't you, you go outside there's people just like oh these are my expensive drugs that i got illegally come here you son of a bitch <laughs> no means no uh, but you know we grew up like red week and uh say no to drugs say no that's what it was yep the yep. nancy reagan just say bullshit. no yep and uh, i completely forgot where i was going with this but you know it's people we were taught that weed was the gateway drug to harder drugs but i think that pills mm -hmm. like if you like pills you're going to be more inclined to find something harder like heroin oh. or like another opioid like that. Whereas I think that weed is more of like the gateway drug out of doing harder drugs and shit like that. Mm. I, I've I, seen several like ex-crackheads, meth heads stop because they found weed. 
Right, but I would argue the reason that I did more drugs, and I would say this isn't because of weed, but I would say it's because of the, our drug education. But the reason that I felt comfortable doing more drugs is because I smoked weed, and I was like, "This is right. nothing." That's like true. That's true. What they said. And I, I, I would be interested those crackheads that you're talking about where they started, mm-hmm. and if they were drinking and smoking weed, which is typical when you're you know 12 to 18 when you start doing that, that can turn into that. You know. Do you think yeah. drinking has anything to do with that though? What do you mean? Like as far as you know, you say you say drinking and weed. Drinking and smoking. That just is usually common with kids. It kind of, I don't, you know, maybe one starts just straight, smokes weed straight up. But um, I feel like at some point, I feel like you don't just do crack or you don't just do coke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's true. At some point, I feel like if someone has done coke, they have probably drank before. And yeah, they probably smoked weed. You know unless, what I'm unless you think that all drugs are on an equal playing field of that bad, is true. And somebody's like, "Hey, true. man, try this coke," and you decide to go off the deep end, and, and, and that happens. And you to saw be someone around, right? And you saw someone like, smoke it. weed before, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. that's not that bad." Well, coke is on the same yeah, level, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that danger of like we have to be real about these drugs with information to children, and so it's like. Yeah, there's different levels to this. It's not just all – you can't just lump it all in one and throw it in the closet and close it and then never talk about it ever again because that's what creates drug addicts because you have no idea what you're getting into. There's no information going on, you know? And I feel like that also creates a, like an environment of people hating drug addicts and thinking of them as like yes. less and bad yep. and evil, and I don't think that's no. something we can people, do. They're people it's that like need help. Condition, yeah. The people this, that need help, you know? It's the same reason that like it, it, you shouldn't – I mean you should encourage people to like lose weight, but you shouldn't right. like shame them into right. it. Right, exactly. They, they're not bad for being fat. No. It's just you want no. them to be No, because that's – we were talking about that earlier when you have these topics and you're saying, oh, well, if you are – this then you are a bad person it's like well no you're you're just someone who but you can't then say you're if you're obese you're healthy it's like you you know there's a there's a line to walk there you know it's really hard i also want to say about i want to swing back to homeless people real quick about i mean we're talking about drugs so it kind of goes hand in hand yeah yeah. you know and i did say that like a lot of homeless people need to get jobs but i agree with you like it is a condition you know you end up doing heroin or meth or whatever and you can't stop like there's nothing you can do about that. You know, it was a choice that you made. I agree. But also, like, if it gets deep enough and shit like that, like, there are – I just I just, I just, just wanted to, to say that, like, I don't just think the homeless people are out there because, like, they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, no, there I are a lot of homeless people who need help and who we need to fucking support and shit like that. But there is people who choose to that live is on the true. streets and that shit. That is true. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's another thing. When If you – people have – misunderstandings of drugs and they think well if you want to be a good person you should just stop and it's like well some people would literally probably die if they just stopped like you're telling them to right because your body is becoming physically dependent on it you know like there's a lot of things to be taken in consideration with people who are going through this so between before we get in to the fight between jake paul (laughs) and ben Askren. Who do you think would drink more and be good, smoke more weed and be good, and do more crack and be good? Jake Paul on every front. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get into this, can I go pee real quick? Yeah. 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 Go for it, bro. Cougar? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's Uh, just... Straight out to the left. Yep, just right there. I'm telling him like I know because I live in your house Yeah, he's the man. Uh, How much do you know about combat sports? Like, what is your background? No background. Um, well, actually, I wrestled when I was, like, second to about fourth, fifth grade. Um, okay. I actually have, like, probably 15 medals. Like, I was pretty decent. No way. Yeah. Um, it was fun. But 
after that I played basketball and so wrestling was just kind of thrown to the side. And you never were like interested in like boxing or MMA or no. And there were really no opportunities around Arco. And so it was just, yeah, I've actually started to get more into watching, you know, analysis of fights and analysis of, you know, like street fights and also of, you know, like real fights, professional fighters. Cause what I've re- realized in my best like description of fighting is like, it's much more like chess than mm-hmm. people realize. Um, Cause when someone does something, the person is the only reason the person is doing everything after that person is going for them is to counter that. And that's mm-hmm. exactly like chess that the person that just moved. Now I'm making my move to defend that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's really cool. I think fighting is a beautiful art. I think people should learn about it because I feel like the more you understand it, the more you respect it, and the less likely you're willing to just run in and fight yeah. any random person over some silly thing, you know? Yeah, like I tell you, like people who know how to fight don't fight because right. they know what fighting means. Yep. You know, so like I agree. It's like the more you learn about fighting, the more you learn kind of how to fight in different martial arts. You, uh, you're learning about yourself. You're learning about other people. You're learning about how to control yourself and how to control their people, um, mm-hmm. physically, obviously, like in a calm way. Uh, there, uh, Floyd, uh, Money Mayweather, his uncle used to say something after boxing matches. He's, he used to just say, uh, most people don't know shit about boxing. Because that's true. Most well, people don't know shit about boxing. And you see boxing and you're like, okay, well, you know, I, I get it. It's just one, two. It's two hands. It's just people yep. punching each other in the face. But you don't realize that it's angles. It's feints. It's, yep. it's slights. It's, it's moving. It's, it's jabbing. It's a, lot of, a lot of boxing is just the jab. You can get a good jab behind you. And that's something that we saw um, in the uh, Anthony Smith fight. Yeah. Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crew, fucking Jimmy Crew up with that jab, dude. Like stopping him dead in his tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but, but that's like watching a Floyd Mayweather match and then seeing one of the comments saying, "Oh, he just ran away the whole yeah the whole time." It's like, well, no. If you watch it, he's actually playing really good defense, and the guy can't hit him. Like, dude, damn. Floyd, Floyd's the greatest defensive boxer yeah. of all time. Of and so it's time. like if you if you can actually analyze boxing for what it is. It's like, well, no, he's not just running away. He's actually playing really good defense. You know, like, there's a huge difference with that. Most people don't know shit about boxing. Yep. There's a fundamental difference in that, yeah. And you know who doesn't know shit about boxing? Ben Askren. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. Because he's a wrestler, right? Yeah. Dude, really good wrestler. He was in the Olympics. Yeah. I think he won nationals in college. Don't quote me on that, though. Uh, Damn. They but, called him funky because, like, he's not the most athletic dude, as we have all saw. Right. Okay. And as but, we've seen. I mean, like, we say that, but, like, if you look at him when he was in the Olympics, he's a fucking beast still. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, just me or you or uh, fucking Cougar. Like, right. he's still an Olympic athlete that has trained for months and months But and he's months. also not Jordan Burroughs. That is true. Like, that is true. Ben Askren, is, his nickname's Funky. Like, because mm-hmm. literally when coaches would look at him, they'd look at him and they'd go, Hey, man, how are you winning 90% of your matches? Everything you do is wrong. Like, you're doing mm. all the wrong shit. You're, like, why is your back on the mat, dude? Like, <laughs> we're wrestling. They're trying to pin you. What are you doing? You know, like, shit like that. So he's always been really unorthodox and mm-hmm. was so good in the UFC. 19-2, and two, I want to say, or 19-3. and three. Undefeated when he went over to the UFC. And he was just killing motherfuckers in Bellator and in one. Just holding them down, punching their lights out. He beat Douglas Lima. Doug, dude, look up look up on your computer right now, Douglas Lima. Look up Douglas Lima versus Ben Askren. There's a photo of Ben Askren getting his hand raised against Douglas Lima. And you go, how did the motherfucker with the shirt on win <laughs> over the man who looks like a Greek god, dude? What? 
Eason in this photo? Dude, if there's anything Roy Nelson has taught me, it's that muscles don't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> Big country. Right there. Right there, that top one. Look at that man, dude. Yeah. Look at Douglas fucking Lima. Just jacked out of his mind, dude. Cougar, what happened to it? Probably on so many roids. I don't know if they were testing back then. Well, it, what, where is that? Is it in one? Yeah. I think it's in one. I think you're allowed to do yeah, roids in one. You're so big. Yeah, what you're... happened to our monitor? It was on here. Oh, it was on David's table. Yeah. Mm. You took our monitor. So mm. we're going to have to figure Fair out burn. something. Because we had a like a TV on Aww. here that we could. You guys are good It's podcast. pretty sweet. Thanks, man. You'll be back on. You'll be able to this see it. Um, we're legit, bro. Yeah. We're, like, we're <laughs> trying to be legit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what did you? Th- what did? Okay. What did you? What did you think about the fight? Because obviously, what I heard from the whole thriller experience that it was a fucking circus. Um. But just the fight. Yeah. So I didn't pay for the fight because I don't feel like it's worth my money. Also uh, didn't. I watched it just like the next day or whatever. I wanted to pay for it just because there were people that I like, like Frank Mir. And I'm like, yeah, Frank Mir, he's fighting. But uh, I feel like that event to me is kind of stupid because I it makes me really feel bad for the people that have spent their lives doing this. And now this fucking idiot that has people's attention just because he's an asshole like it's weird that people don't want people to be assholes but that's what they still buy into and like pay attention to um so i don't like that jake paul is able to make millions and millions of dollars at something that i know he wouldn't be able to compete at a professional level truly at um especially when there are people that are are grinding their entire lives and you know suffering major brain damage to just try to get their chance right um the actual fight Oh, this is a bunch of bullshit. Um, one round. Boxing, one round. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, it, I, as soon as I saw Ben weigh in and saw him with his shirt, I was like, this isn't going to go well. This is not going to go well. Uh, I will say he looked a little bit better than when he started, when he started hitting pads and mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, hey, good. But, yeah, just like. Well, and I had a little bit of faith of Ben, I mean, in the fight initially because he was kind of coming after him. Mm-hmm. You know, he hit him with, like, a one and a two. I want to say he got two hands on him. Um, he looked like he was closing distance. They got into the they got into a clinch early in that first round, and like Ben like threw up his arms, like, "Hey, I'm not even the one initiating this clinch right now." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, Ben's kind of fucking with him." Uh, but once Jake figured out that distance, like, and the thing is, is like we said, ben, Ben's no boxer. He's when he doesn't literally move his head. No boxer. Yeah. And and the th- the thing about the before the fight is Ben was like, you know, he's just out there with a bunch of punching bags, just a bunch of dudes who are punching bags. Hey, Ben Askren. <laughs> What are you? Yeah, 41-year-old Ben Askren right after hip surgery. Do you think he got knocked out? Uh, no, I would have let it. If I was the ref, I would have let it go longer. However, I will say I I wanted, if I was an investigative journalist, I would start digging into that ref because I think that there's some hairy stuff there, like the fact that he didn't. I've never seen a ref break up a clinch as fast as the ref broke up like their first clinch that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because continually Ben Askren leading up to the fight talked about how he was going to grab him and hang on his neck and, you know, dirty box him. So I think, I mean, if I was to make an argument for it, I'd say maybe somebody paid that ref to break up clinches quick. Oh, and not only that, right. but like when Ben stands up from the punch, you watch him get up and you can see him say, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like, and right. he puts his hands up and the ref, it's like the ref can't make a decision. So Ben goes back to fighting stance and starts circling off the line. Mm-hmm. And the ref takes that as a wobble because mm-hmm. of the way Ben moves is super stiff. So then the ref goes, no, no, the fight's over. And Ben says again, no, I'm fine. And he says, no, you're not. And I'm like, that's, I don't feel like that's the ref's well, so call it, at that point. Here's an interesting 
thing that I saw. So from what I understand, this is the same ref that did the previous match with Jake Paul. Mm. Jake Paul and Nate, uh, Robinson. Nate Robinson. Robinson. So if you watch that video, he puts Jake or he puts Nate Robinson on his face like like four times. Three times, yeah. Three he times, three, three times. times. Yeah. And there was a bunch of flack coming back on the ref uh, for saying he didn't stop it soon enough. Soon enough. And so right. some people think that that caused him to be premature in this one because of his nerves. But you here's know what I'm the thing. Saying? That, that ref doesn't know shit about boxing. That's what I'm trying to say. Because if he did know shit about boxing or fighting in general, he would understand two things. Number one, Nate Robinson is a fucking basketball player. He's 40 <laughs> years old and he won the dunk contest like t- two or three times. Cool. Ben Askren is a legitimate Olympic gold medalist. This right, is a man true. who weathered the storm of Robbie Lawler, dude. And on the Impulsive podcast, like the day after, they were talking and they were like, yeah, we just got done. We were fucking partying all night. Yeah, we're up right, talking. Right. <laughs> right? And and Logan Paul looks at his brother and he's like he, – and they're like, you know, they're saying that Ben wasn't knocked out. Blah, blah, blah. We knocked him out. And then Logan looks at him and he's like, dude, I'll tell you, you punch harder than Robbie Lawler. Hmm. What? You punch harder than a dude who's literally, his nickname is Ruthless, and he fights with four-ounce gloves, dude. Yeah. And Ben, dude, and that night that we watched them fight, and he had Ben on the ground like that, he he got at least six, seven, eight shots on him. I will argue, though, it is way harder to knock somebody out with eight or ten-ounce gloves than it is four-ounce gloves. It's harder to knock someone out with. I would say so. For with eight with, ounce, with eight yeah. ounce or ten ounce, yeah, it's more exactly. padding. So the fact yes. that Jake Paul is able to knock Ben Askren out relatively cleanly with essentially one punch versus Robbie Lawler dropping bombs on him with smaller gloves. But again, I don't think he knocked him out. Yeah, that's true. Because Ben true. looks like he's like yeah, okay. It wouldn't his, have gone any different though. I don't think. Like based off that one thing, he would have lost. Yeah, he would have lost. I, he would have gotten knocked out. But he wouldn't have. I don't know if he would have gotten knocked out in the first round. Because they're trying to talk, That's they're true. trying to talk this shit like, oh yeah, like Jake was coming back for the kill, like it would have been over in three more seconds. I don't think so. I think Ben would have weathered that storm for at least him. another round or two. Yeah, he would have gotten knocked out though for sure. Yeah, because I don't, based off of the way he was fighting and the the literal zero head movement, that overhand that Jake threw was going to be there literally every single time. Uh... But it's yes, I agree. It, it, but it's just kind of like um, the Whaley fight. Like I don't think from the last fight with her and Rose, I don't think Whaley ever got knocked out. But hmm. because of the way that she got hit, her body just stiffened up. See, I think I would argue that's more definitive than Jake and uh, Ben. Oh, it's definitive. Um, I, I think it's for sure definitive. But, I yeah, I don't know that I'd be like, oh, she was out cold, but she was done. I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have been upset if they stopped it immediately after the head kick. Because, like, when you see somebody's body just go limp like that, it's kind of hard. It's, it's the reason that I can understand this Ben one. Because when you watch him fall, there's no arms, there's nothing. It's well, just straight to his face. And yeah, then, go back a little bit. I just want to see the punch. He kind of wobbles back towards the rope after he gets. Snoop Dogg's like, "Give me my fucking money! Yeah. Give me my fucking money, Jake!" <laughs> bah. Yeah, and you so see, he's he's you up. See how he's he's already, up right there. Okay, watch him wobble right here. Though. I know he goes up against the he, he, he goes wobbles. against the ropes, but he's that's for what sure he, stunned, right? Yeah, like that. But he's stunned. But he's not knocked out. He's stunned. And here's the thing: he's an Olympic athlete, Cooper. Right. He's, see, but the yeah, the ref hasn't called it at that point. He's just telling. He's checking. Jake, it yeah, he's checking him. Checking in. And then because – but watch how Jake moves in that. Yeah, Go back a little bit. Jake, Jake goes this way. So, of course, Ben is looking at him going the other way. Right. Yeah. And he's like, he's, no, not trying to, he's like, no, you're wobbling this way. Right. I see. I see. And also, how is the ref going to stand on that side? And he's like, come towards me. And Ben goes towards him and he's like, you're wobbling. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, I could see Cougar's argument if that is the same ref of him – 
not for sure. wanting to take flight because that's happened in the UFC. Right. For you sure. see refs take uh, get in trouble for late stoppages, and suddenly it's like the next fight they have. It's an early stoppage, and people are right. pissed off about it. So I well, can see that. Yeah, that's when you're. I know he's an Olympic athlete, but when you're getting hit in the head, he's also 41. You know, yeah, that's. Yeah, he's an old guy. And so this guy has this guy's just in this ref's in a tough situation. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And obviously he's he refs are putting themselves in those situations, but it's. Yeah, don't defend the ref. Fuck the ref. Hard to well, call, and, man. And I feel for like the, the ref. No, don't feel for the fucking the ref. Way, That's the a boy w- in blue right there. Fuck that man. <laughs> Fuck blue eyes don't matter, bro. They don't even exist. The way that he falls though, too, like he his feet stay planted and and his arms do not try to do anything. Like his arms are just straight out and his head turns. And when I see people do that, I go, He's that stiff. person's unconscious. He's mm. stiff, yeah. Uh, so I like yeah. It again, I think it's a little premature, but I'm also not a boxing ref. I've watched more mixed mar- uh, UFC and other mixed martial arts. But we've also seen Ben stiffen up way more than that. Yeah, but see, <laughs> see but I think they're trying to avoid him getting to that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they're trying to avoid another Nate Robinson. Well, and avoid a Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren. Yeah, I mean, they, I know I can't throw knees, but I'm saying like, Oof. like we saw that Ben, awesome. like that's the most stiff I've ever seen a human. Maybe, yeah. no, maybe look up, the the look, Derek Lewis, uh, Curtis Blades. Look up uh, Edson Barbosa and uh, K KOs Terry Edom, E D I M. This is the stiffest I've ever seen anyone ever. Like stiffer than Blades and Lewis. Look at this shit, dude. This is one of my favorite. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna find it on YouTube, bro. Give me the give me the names again. I don't know how to spell it. Edson E D S O N. E D S O N. Barbosa. 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 Versus Terry Edom. Yep, that's the one right there. How long is this shit? Um, Edson Barbosa. Oh, oh my okay. god. Yeah, this is literally the greatest <laughs> wheel I just saw kick him wind I've ever up right seen. There. Edson Barbosa is the guy in the white shorts. Shifts his hips. Bam. What Good the night. fuck? Yeah. Just a heel, right? To the. Oh, and you know what? His his body's shutting down. So Derek, Derek Lewis oh. on his JRE podcast talked about when you knock oh, someone out. Wrist. Yeah, if you're is wrist... that true though? Does anyone fact check that? Is that how it actually right. works? <laughs> He'll be all right. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but Derek Lewis was saying on his podcast with JRE, uh, he was saying that if you knock someone out and their wrists turn into their body like this, they're okay. But if their wrists turn out, their body's shutting down. Whoa! Like dying. That's a super clean wheel kick. Yeah, for sure. That's just a heel, what? right? All oh, right, it's the fucking. Can you yeah, can, let's keep watching people get knocked out real quick? Can you look up Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades? Yes, dude, that has to be one of the best like reads I've I've seen the Derek Lewis yeah. one because that you can tell that's all he was waiting for the entire fight, uh, be, and the way that he talks about Curtis's takedown afterwards and how he hinges, I was like, dude, that's fucking He's so smart. And it, well, his his coaches too, just watching film and and deciphering that, that's fucking genius because I never noticed that. Yeah, it's about close Curtis right here. Before. It's pretty close. Okay. Yeah, I mean, man, like, it's just when you... Oh, no, I guess it goes into the second round, huh? <laughs> Not so close now. <laughs> oh, sh- yeah, he's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. God, you see, those those extra two, those hurt to see. That's yeah. rough. Yep. But you know what? Super necessary. That's <laughs> <laughs> super necessary. Yeah. yeah, he's the black beast, man. His balls are hot. Balls My balls are sweaty. These are all inside jokes that if no one watches the UFC, they're not going to get. So I apologize to everyone else who's listening yeah, to yeah, this well, shit. Fuck them. Fuck it's the MMA show today. And we got uh, David Fairburn Jansen on on Fair the Burn today. <laughs> David, no experience in the things he talks about Jansen. <laughs> 
besides well, just like makeshift fucking fighting random people that will fight me. <laughs> I was telling Cougar about uh, that party that we had where one of our friends uh, was like, like gathered a crowd and yeah. was like, oh, this party is the time that I should try to challenge David for his title. <laughs> 30 seconds later, he's like, yeah, you got me. I'm like, anyone else? Dude, I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. Anyone else? Elijah steps up. Hey, man, yeah, I'll try. Choke him out in 30 seconds. Anyone else? Everyone's just kind of staring at me. Okay, great. Let's go back to drinking now, please. Thank you. I am the king. Thank you, thank you. I don't know why. Like, people drink and they get ballsy. There was another time that, uh, like, I ended up grappling, like, every person, like, every male at this party. Just six matches. Just back to back to back, dude. And I was seven shots deep. I literally didn't open my eyes the entire time I grappled all these guys. Strangled every one of them because they they just like were all like oh okay me next like oh he's worn down I was like okay fuck it here we go another one <laughs> just like Khabib in the training room bro yeah, dude, like well, just keep bringing them that, keep bringing I them. don't know what it is that people think like when maybe it's like that I'm drinking they'll think I'll, I'll be slipping but it's like if you're also drinking that's not the time for us to grab no. you want to be on your your best fucking well it's yeah. your first game. of all it's liquid courage. That's true. And yeah. secondly, again, most people don't know shit about boxing. You know what else a lot of people don't know shit about? Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Any sort of grappling. Any sort of anything, dude. Any sort of martial arts, any sort of fighting. Like, you you would be like, hey, fight. Like, go fight this person. And it would be shocking to see most people's, like, how they would stand, what yeah. they would think, like, or, how like, they would react. make a fist. They put their thumb inside. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, some weird shit on the front like this. <laughs> Make a fist. Yeah. Okay, you took karate let as a hit, kid. Let me hit you with my solid ridge hand right in the throat. <laughs> let me get you in that pressure point, boy. I'll pass you out instantly. Rid- ridge hands actually, I think, would be a good technique, though. Oh yeah, dude. If you caught one of those in the throat, it for sure yeah. suck ass. Or even on the temple. Yeah. I, I mean, if you look at like Boss and how he open hand knocked everyone out, I think that's a more effective way. But it shows like it's not just punches that fucking knock people out. Yeah. Yep. Uh. Oh fuck! I just had something. Man, it's gone forever. No. All right. Never come back ever. Uh, I want you to tell Cougar about some of your hiking adventures that you went on in Seattle. Okay. Let's hear it, man. Uh, One time, I went hiking. (laughs) 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 Uh, One time, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of good stories. I mean, Uh, you know where we're getting to, but I want you to tell him some about your experiences. Oh, I know where we're getting to. We're getting to that fucking mailbox. Somewhere, but Dude, I want you to lead him. I in. tried to make Chan look so good in front of these ladies, and he no, was just. We're not there yet, bro. We're not there yet. I want you to tell him about like Snow Lake and shit. We're Dude, not started, talking about. I started playing the Rocky theme at the top for him to get up to, and he's like, "Turn that shit off. It would have been better earlier." Bro, I thought I broke my leg. Like... Well, you might have, but, uh, but I, yeah, no, I did a shitload of hiking. I uh, I got super into like trail running and running in the hills. Um, and like, I mean, there was one hike that I went on and, uh, there you like get to this peak, but like the true peak is at the top of this giant rock face. And I was like, I can climb that. I get like halfway up and I'm terrified. So scared of heights. So I'm up there and I look out and it's just like the tops of trees, just as far as the eye can see. And there's like an Eagle flying oh above gosh. head. And so my dumbass, <laughs> I have a joint with me. Cause I try, I usually smoke a joint at the top of the mountain and then run down. Right. And I was like, oh, I'll just smoke my joint right here. So I'm halfway up this rock face and I smoke a joint <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I have no idea how to go further up or get or back down. down. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily I lived, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, 
mean, I did a shitload of hikings. After this pod, I can show you some of the fucking pictures. Yeah. Some of the, like, most beautiful things I've ever seen. And so um, how close is this to where you live? Like, how far was the drive to go to these? But like, 20, 40 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. That's yeah, pretty no, close. No, not at all. There's, there's some that were... I mean, there's even some, like, right in Seattle where you can still see, like, some pretty cool shit. There's, like, an arboretum right there that I definitely oh, hiked cool. through. Uh, and even... I mean, I call it urban hiking, but like hiking through the city at night and like seeing all the lights and stuff, there's definitely something that's like very satisfying to yeah, that too. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what Chan was necessarily wanting to get it. talking about hikes to me. Isn't that, isn't that entertaining? I mean, like, Is, I, what, what, what was he getting at? Let's start with that okay, story. Okay. With, yeah. We can with get the ladies. So one time, uh, <laughs> I'd been, I'd been hiking a bit. I had gone on a couple, uh, I was trying to up like my miles. And so, uh, I had mentioned to, the home uh, I worked at Home Depot there, um, and one of the guys was like, "Oh, you like hiking? Have you done mailbox?" And I was like, "Oh, I was looking at doing new mailbox." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no! You got to do old mailbox. It's so much harder, dude. I did it with uh, my mom last weekend because we're training to do Rainier. It was so hard. Oh my god!" And so me being competitive, I was like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! I'm gonna get up that shit faster than anyone ever." Right. Uh, and I ended up telling it was I think it was right as you moved down. Uh, but Chan had like just barely gotten there and he knew that I'd been hiking and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this, this hike, uh, tomorrow. And he was like, oh, can I come? And I was like, I mean, yeah, but I got to warn you, this is supposed to be like the hardest hike in the area. Like, and Chan's like, no, no, I'll, I'll come. I got it. I got it. And I was like, all right, buddy. Uh, and so we get to this trail and, uh, we start hiking. Well, yeah, we have a hard time finding it at first. Okay. Uh, and then we, we get on the trail and Chan's like telling stories at first a little bit peppy like excited to be out in the woods we're like smoking a joint as we're walking along and then the, the incline starts to gradually increase until the point where it's like you're almost like touching the fucking oh ground in gosh. front of you with your hands uh and i'm i'm pushing hard i'm like pushing up and chan's like you know you oh he's like come on you gotta you know you gotta slow down you is this you would normally be going faster than this right and i was like oh yeah absolutely come on buddy like let's keep <laughs> let's keep going i'm but, the only one talking bro david's not saying any like so i'm not only am i winded i'm trying to like tell stories and like talk about plays that <laughs> yeah, i'm he's writing telling me this play that this lady and him are writing david's him. just walking up the mountain like he's walking down the street dude like it's nothing and i looked up at, at one point i was like hey this is supposed to be the hardest hike right and he was like yeah i was like this is pretty easy for you right and he's like yeah <laughs> but so we, we keep hiking up and then at, at some point i lose the trail so i'm like i have no idea where the fuck we are so i'm like okay i'm gonna we're gonna just kind of browse around a little bit and i find a few things that i think are the trail uh and i know i have the map with me i have all trails on my phone if you don't have all trails fucking get it it's the greatest app ever uh but <laughs> shameless plug yeah uh, for the thing that i'm not sponsored by yeah. uh but uh dude i should see if i can get them to sponsor my podcast that's a fucking great idea that would be awesome yeah all trails but uh we get uh to a point where i'm like i have no fucking idea where we are so i whip out my phone and i find out we're like i don't know maybe i'd say 20 yards like down the hill from the trail. Mm -hmm. So I look at Chandler and I say, Chandler, we got to go this way and just walk straight up a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Literally yeah, yeah. like into this the bushes. Like the bushes are like shoulder high. There's trees and shit. And I just walk straight into the forest. Just this gone. is where we're going to stop because this, I had a mental breakdown during this point. dude. Like as we're walking up this mountain, I'm like, Hey David, are we halfway? And like every time he's like, nah, nah, nah. And I had then no he's idea. Like, I and we know. keep thinking we're seeing, we're, like this is the first time either one of us have hiked this trail. So we keep thinking that we're seeing like daybreak. We're like, yeah, I think the landing is, 
It's like up here somewhere. Fuck it. Yeah, and then we get lost, and then he's like, yeah, we're off the trail. Fuck it. And he just like turns around and starts walking through like knee-high grass and bushes and shit. And I was like, bro, I'm a fat kid. Like, I'm 270 pounds right now. There's no way I should be doing this. And so I'm crawling through these bushes, man. Screaming, dude. So I, mad. I just hear him in the back like, <laughs> like I sat down and I like, like I remember being like David Goggins, bro, be, being like, I gotta fucking fight these demons, bro. Because I was, I was thinking, I was like, I'm gonna go up there, I'm gonna tell David, I'm going down. I don't want to do this no more. But I was like, I gotta do this shit, man. I gotta fucking do this shit. So I dug every fucking being that I had inside of me, dude. And I met this man back at the trail. Yeah, I thought there was no way Chan was making it. For sure, like, when we started going up the trail, I was like, man, this is kind of, ch-. like, in my mind, I was like, this is kind of challenging. I was like, there's no way fucking Chan's making it to the top of this. Uh, and so we we keep hiking. We find the trail again. Chan is not a happy camper. Pissed. But Pissed. I'm like, we gotta, you know, we gotta keep going. So we go, and we we come out to this part that we're like, this has to be the top. And it's like this, this like, rock quarry. So then there's, like, these rocks that are like steps that kind of uh, zigzag back and forth up this other part. And I'm like, come on, Chan. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. So I start running. So I run up this little rock quarry and I, I, I'm i standing at the top like, yeah, Chan, come on, buddy. I'm sitting there like eating a sandwich, just waiting, looking at the sun, having a good time. I'm taking breaks and shit. Like I'm walking. I'm like, I need to sit down. Yeah, and, and, but like what I know since I got to the top fast is there's another hill that's steeper than anything we had done to that point to get to the true peak so it's like the last part of the hike is almost vertical it's incredibly hard it's wow. by far it's like the last tenth is the hardest part of the hike and walking and, up that rock quarry i hurt my leg and chan had no idea that this next part is coming so i'm standing there <laughs> cheering him on like yeah buddy you're almost there when there's this fucking nightmare behind me he has no idea about and we we get up there and he sees it and i was like that's the top and he's just like the bitch noise comes out. <laughs> so we, so we sit, we sit there for a second. We eat, we, you know, we have some sandwiches, refuel a little bit, and start making it to the top. But the, what, as we're going, uh, everyone that we had kind of seen up to that point on the hike, we also kind of run into at this mountain because it slows everyone down at that last park because it's so hard. So I'm passing people, uh, and these two, these two ladies that were there, like we ended up running into them again on the on that very last part. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chan, I, I'm kind of hopping up past everyone. And so Chan is like, hey, man, like, I like I got this. I can see the end. So, like, if you want to go, just go. So I, I uh, book it up to the top, and I'm up there, you know, woo, eating some beef jerky. Uh, and I start seeing, like, m- people trickle in, but people that were behind Chandler. <laughs> right, right. Like, so I'm like, yeah. is Chandler fucking dead down there? So I see those, those two those two girls come up, and I'm like, oh, yo, you, you, I see my buddy down there. Like, is he still alive? And they're like, yeah, you know, he's he's coming. He's getting there. He, he's making it. So I'm like, okay. So I like have the Rocky theme loaded up, waiting for Chandler. As soon as I see him, I start playing. He wants nothing yeah. to do with it. He does not give a fuck, dude. He asked me to take like three pictures on the way up, and every time I was like, no. Yeah, dude. No. I was like, oh, Chance is great overlook. You take a picture of me doing like an elbow lever or something? He's like, no. Yeah. no. I need to make it to the top. No. Too mad at you. I get to the top, bro. There's like 15 people. They all cheer for me. All of them. Yeah, we start clapping. (laughs) (laughs) The Rocky themes playing. Chandler's not having it though. I'm not going up there joyful, being like, I made it. I'm like, fuck all of you. And mostly fuck David. (laughs) 
Oh, that's awesome. What I didn't tell Chandler is there's actually a second peak if you continue past that. No way. That, yeah, it's called Dirty Mailbox. Uh, oh. It's like this other secret path that you have to like go across this super sketchy catwalk to get to. You go there? Uh, after I filmed the sunrise at that place, another hike I did. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we got up there. I even tried. There's like a, it's called Mailbox at the top. There's a literal mailbox that's stuck in the peak of this mountain where people oh. leave like mementos and like people will write letters to loved ones that they've lost and stuff and like leave them there as like. Uh, you know way to grieve and people right. will leave like cool. stickers and tag the mailbox or like there's there's a lot of like alcohol that people like leave a beer there and stuff mm-hmm. pour one out for the homies yeah uh but yeah and then these these girls ask us to take a picture of them so you know we take their picture and then i'm i i didn't want to i would have this thing that i try to do on all my hikes it's like a little a little balance maneuver yeah uh, yeah and yes, uh, does. I, uh, I try, I was like, I want to do one on the mailbox, but there's so many people that I didn't want to, I didn't want to like bother them, you know, and I didn't want to break the mailbox. So I did it like next to it and Chan took a picture and, uh, and then, uh, they were a guy was like, Oh dude, you know, do that on the mailbox. And I was like, all right, well, you gave me permission. Idea, right now. So yeah. I do it. And then some guy being a fucking dickhead is like, yeah, do it with one hand. No, 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 no. It was the girls. Oh, was it, it them? Was the, so I thought it was a guy. So first of all, it wasn't two girls. It was three girls that were with that. The, there was three girls. Cause there was only the two. There was three. I promise you. So there's there were three girls. Jim was focused on. He's, he's got that. Yeah, I was. I was chasing them girls. Dude, I was because I got to the top of the mountain and I was like, I really want to mack on these ladies, bro. But you know, <laughs> I got I got congratulated to the top of the mountain. So probably not the best yeah. look. And so David does it with two hands, right? And then one of the girls goes, "Do it one hand." And I've never seen David do a one hand lever at this point. And I was like, "All right." And so, it's, and I was like, I, I kind of laughed at it, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I, tr- I, I'm looking at the girls. I was like, "Ha ha ha!" I turn back around. David's squaring this bitch up, dude, and he's fucking <laughs> two hands. And then he like one hand like opens it up, and the, the another girl was like, "Take the picture! Take the picture!" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "All right, fucking take the picture." But. We, uh, we, so we end up, uh, up there and then, uh, like have a, we sit down for a few minutes and everyone starts kind of going down. Um, and we, we had, we like talked to those girls, like got their names and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, like maybe I'll try to hook Chandler up and get him one of these here. Maybe we can get ourselves like a double date, couple of, couple of nice ladies, meet some people, make some friends. That's the way to go. I love hiking. Absolutely. These people like hiking. They feel uh, bad for me. They feel bad for Chandler. That's terrible. They cheered, fucking reason. They for I'll you. take a pity date, dude. I'll take a pity date any day. <laughs> but we get... <laughs> We get to the off the like the extreme part, and I always I like to run down mountains. And since uh, we went up the hard trail, the old trail to begin with, and I was like, "Okay, this is the new trail. It's easier. It's a little bit longer, but uh, it should be way easier. And it's like a clear trail, so I'm gonna run. And then when I get to the bottom, I'll turn around and I'll come back up and meet you wherever you're at, and we'll walk down together." In hindsight, probably should have just walked down with Chandler. Didn't didn't think about how much fucking extreme pain this guy is in. So I take off running, and I, I'm just me, gone. Just were, you gone. Pissed? Me. were you pissed when he started running, or no, were you because, were you all good? No, I started thinking about shit when I was walking down. I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, I made it to the top, and the thing that people a lot of people don't realize is once they get somewhere, they have to like continue down the path before they can finish. You know what right. I mean? So I started thinking about like finishing the assignment and the mm-hmm. mission. So no, but I was a little bit like it would be cool to hang out with my buddy as we're walking down this mountain. Right. And then uh, so I I you know I finally reach the bottom. I touch the map sign. I'm like fuck yeah! I to stop my my whoop. You know, record my time. Yeah, I gotta push myself and immediately turn around, stretch my calves a little, and start heading back up. And I'm expect every corner I go around, I'm expecting to see Chandler. Yep. I'm like, where is he? 
Chandler? Chandler? And then once again, I start running into the people that were still on the top of the mountain before we went down. So I'm like, dude, Chandler's, once again, Chandler's fucking dead. dead. Chandler yeah. got jumped by a cougar. I shouldn't have left my friend. I'm the worst hiking spirit guide ever. This is fucked. Uh, and I run into the, those ladies again. Uh, and as, as I was going down, they were like, oh, you're leaving your friend. And I was like, oh, no, I'll come back for him. And they thought I was joking. They're like, oh, ha, 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 whatever. Bye. And then as I was going back up, they, they looked at me and they're like, holy shit, you're like, really oh, going back for him. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Hit me up on Instagram. And I keep running. Uh, and then f- I remember just finally rounding that last corner. And like my, even my quads are starting to cramp up a little bit. I'm like, I did not pack enough water. I was underprepared for this hike. Yeah, we ran out of water on the way up. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we did not have water that whole time, bro, pretty much. And, and then, yeah, finally Chan comes around that corner. And I just, dude, see, but the amount of joy that we felt seeing each other in that moment, like that's not something that you could ever recreate in just like average day life. Right? Yeah. I screamed, dude. I was like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and like I and yeah, dude, that whole experience is one of my like favorite memories with you, and one of my favorite like Seattle memories, and it's like one of the first ones we had because I, dude, I've never been more proud of Chandler in that moment because yeah. the whole trip ended up being like fifteen or fourteen miles, like it was a long fucking hike, and this guy's two hundred and seventy fucking pounds, Damn, hasn't run, hasn't bro. hiked at all in the whole fucking season, and manages to do and like this hardest it. fucking hike that the uh, that this place has to offer. Damn, bro, it was pretty tight. Yeah, it was yeah, great. It was cool. fucking... and, and and uh, do, do you, can you talk about your strain that you had on your whoop? Oh yeah, so I so I wear this uh, this thing right, and it tracks my like cardiovascular uh, exertion and stuff, and right. it has a like a scale right, so it goes from one to twenty one. One being like you didn't do fucking anything, you're a useless sack of shit, <laughs> and twenty one is like you're literally dead. Uh, and so every step from one to two, uh, two to three, it's like harder. So to get from two to three is harder than one to two. To get from fourteen to fifteen is ex- like vastly harder than to get from three to four. Right. 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 Um, and by the end of the hike, my strain was at like twenty point six. So I'm like literally like near death's doorstep. Uh, and and uh, David is running like ten miles a day during. Yeah, this like time. running. Damn. I'm running a shitload and trying to be like in shape. I'm only like hundred and forty something pounds. Uh, and yeah, I'm getting like, poison ivy going off trail on fucking old mailbox being 270 pounds, five, six. I got a BMI of 50 fucking. So we, I was like, dude, Chan, Chandler strain. If he had a whoop would have been like 20.9999999999. I would have had a 25 strain, dude. I would have broken the fucking <laughs> yeah. record. They'd have been so like, how record. are you not literally dead hanging from a noose right now? Damn, like someone should have lynched your ass, bro. Damn. <laughs> I just come back with Aggie. Justin's like, what happened to Chan? He didn't make it. <laughs> those, those who fall behind get left behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the pirate Which honestly is kind of what happened. <laughs> those who fall yeah, behind kind of get left behind yeah, a little yeah. bit. That's fair. I mean, you could have run. No, I, I had a fucked up leg, dude. We didn't have <laughs> goddamn water. That's true. I could have drank my own piss like Bear Grylls. I had, I had fucked up legs. I still made it through that fucking uh, uh, the 4x48. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to thank you for that. So David David ran um, 48 miles and 50. Four, thank you. I did 4.2. He ran 50 miles in 48 hours. Damn, bro. The Goggins Challenge, dude. Whoa. So he like woke up. Did you start at midnight or you started at yeah, 8? Yeah, so I started at midnight and you, I ran. The challenge is to do 4, but I did 4.2 because I wanted to round out to an even 50. So I was like, nice. yeah, I'm yeah, better than yeah. this challenge. <laughs> uh, but I 
so I woke up at midnight the first day and ran for uh, 4.2 miles, got back and went to sleep for a few hours, woke up at 4 a.m., 4.2 more miles, woke up at 8 a.m., 4.2 more miles. I didn't do it with, you know, until like for 48 hours. I didn't do it with any music. I wore the same wet, soggy fucking clothes every time I went. I just wanted it to be as hard and grueling as possible. I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta build some fucking character right now. I gotta punish myself. I'm super into David Goggins, but uh, that hard ass nature works for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so me and Justin were like, all right, well, we'll finish it out with you. I don't think, I don't think they thought I was actually gonna make it. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I was just like, David's going to be in extreme pain, which is why when I showed up at 4 p.m. on the second day, like, we only, he had only two more runs. This motherfucker's fine. He's like, <laughs> he's like watching TV and stretching and shit. And he's like, he's like, man, I'm good, man. I, he's like, my feet kind of hurt last yeah. night. He's like, my feet were cramping up a little bit, but I'm fine. You know, just got to get up and run these miles, bro. But dude, what, I, what I did, what the fucking shit they don't know is though, like some of them, like I, like there was one, the second 4 a.m. run, I was like throwing up during the run and shit just because like, because wow. you never sleep more than like three hours at a time because you also have to like stretch and eat because like. In that four hours, that includes your run, too. So you have to run somewhat fast because if you take, you know, right. an hour and a half, you only now have, you know, two and a half left to, to fucking rest and stretch and eat for the next run and sleep. Uh, and so, yeah, like I was I was in rough shape. I definitely tried to be a little bit more machismo than I think I should have about it. But, yeah, like the bridges on my feet when I was running felt like I was just like getting punched with like oh knives. That is rough business, but uh... but when I got there it was at four p.m. I guess I got there a little bit before, like an hour before, mm-hmm. and we kind of chatted for a bit, and then and then he was like, "All right, we're running these miles," and I was like, "All right, cool." So I wasn't gonna run four point two; I was just gonna run the four, right? right? So like he had this little loop that he did at the end of it, like I think kind of probably like point two or point three. Yeah. But I was like, I'm fat. I'm I'm not gonna run four point two because like at the end of it, it was running up a hill, and I was like, "Fuck that." Yeah, it starts going up six blocks of crazy Seattle hills, and it uh, the the like the midpoint is going up uh, another like six blocks oh, and damn. Back and round. yeah it's rough so i ran the 4 p.m with you and then i like kind of you know i've run all my life like off and on like i've been interested in long distance running and i've kind of been into it but i've been a fat guy and i'm in short so it's kind of been hard <laughs> go figure <laughs> and uh so we ran it at four and i probably averaged like 40 minutes not longer than that for sure like 45 50 50 minutes probably, probably a little bit just over a 10 minute i think yeah because i was probably running 12s so something like that but anyway, uh, do you think I've I thought you were running closer to like I said just over ten? I was not. Do I was? You don't think so? No, no, mm. because uh, ten minute miles, six miles per hour. I would. There's no way I was doing that. I was easily running probably may, maybe five. Like I was probably averaging a little over a twelve minute mile. I would say so four. Mm. So if you think about it, like four miles was probably about forty eight, fifty two minutes. I think I was falling somewhere in there. And so Justin didn't make it during that time, but he came a little bit after that, so he finished it out with us. He did the last – Chan did the last eight, and Justin did the last four with both of us. Nice. And Jay ran with David, which I was actually pretty surprised about because that dude is not a runner. Like, that's not his forte. We didn't – I mean, we didn't – that last run was only like a nine – 10 or a 920 pace. That's so fast. Dude, for me, that's so fast. The fastest one I had in that, though, I I was under eight. I had like a 750, dude, and I got back. I was like, how the fuck did I just pull it? Because I was like faster than I had ever run that route. That's insane. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I had a couple of eights and then that super low one. And but I also had one that was like ten minute miles. That was like one of the fucking four a.m. or midnight runs that I just like right. hate myself the entire time and have to dig deep and start thinking about all the people I hated in my entire life. Despite <laughs> but fight those demons, baby. You gotta fight, you gotta find yourself find demons, going back dude. to the path on old mailbox, man. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and then so we ran it at four and then at eight. You know, and the thing is, is like 
David's fine. Like, he seems fine with this. But in my head the whole time, I'm like, dude, we got to run that again. Like, fuck, I have to run that again. Are you serious? Like, I have to run that again? So, like, they take off, dude, and I'm just, like, moseying up these six blocks, <laughs> making it to the fucking straightaway. I'm just kind of jogging. Like, it's dark outside because we're running in October. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, oct- it's like, October. mid-October. It's the, wet. It's cold. Dude, the mornings, it's like I would run, and I'd collect, like, dew that would slowly crystallize in my beard a little bit. <laughs> You're someone's lawn, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we're running and like my glasses break and it's nighttime. My, my headphones break so I don't have any more music and I'm not David. I'm not a sociopath who can just run with nothing, you know? So I'm out there and like I'm running. They pass me as they're coming back. I wave at them. They don't see me because it's fucking dark. Uh, but as I make it back, like I really think that if I wouldn't have ran those eight miles with you, I wouldn't be doing the challenges that I am now. Damn. Like I, I really don't believe that because I ran a little bit after that. I started getting more into running, but – Thinking about like Bert and him doing a thousand miles last year, and thinking about what I did with you to run those eight miles in eight hours, I was like, I can do it. You can do a lot more yeah. than you tell yourself you can. People yeah. limit themselves all the time. I mean, even after those 50, like I had finished them and I was mad at myself. I was like, I could have done more. I could have done 60 or 70. Like, I still feel like, and my, like, my, I was glad I didn't because the next day my body was pretty broken. But I was like, like in that moment, I was like, I didn't push fucking hard enough. Like, you I seemed can do fine, so dude. More. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You seemed like you were hurting, but you were like, you were, I was like, David could run again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And we were watching uh, The Cabin with Burt Kreischer. Later that day, and Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> forgot about that. that she fucking wins uh, governor of California. But Caitlyn Jenner was on this show, and she says that when uh, Bruce was training for the fucking marathons, or when she was training, or whatever you would say there, it's weird to hear Caitlyn Jenner say Bruce also, because I know that dead mm. naming is a thing, but like Caitlyn Jenner openly says it, so it's like, don't know how that works. But anyway, uh, born again Christian. <laughs> Same thing. If anyone's like, if any Christians have problems with people being tra- transgendered, I'm just, I just look at them and go, okay, but you have born again Christians, so like, they is were it something. Really, is it really that different? They're a new creation. <laughs> yeah, like, what are we doing here? But let uh, everyone do whatever the fuck they want, man. She said that during the Olympics, she would run 60, 50 70. miles, seventy miles a week. Seventy miles. Wow. A week. And I was sitting with David, and David goes, oh, "I could do that. That's an Olympic." Runner, dude, Olympic. That's only ten a day, though. That's only ten miles a day. Only ten a day. I can do it. I wrote it. I wrote it in my notes. I think I'm gonna try to do it this summer. Just ten a day. You can. Because I've been running. I've been running pretty good. I'm trying to do a little rehab for my ankles and knees right now. But yeah, I've been doing uh, between three and a half and four a day right now. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I could do more. It's that's a good point to get your body to like the point where you'll start burning those fuck ton of calories. But you're like just working your body up to that point. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? and I'm excited to be here too because in Seattle I started running into the problem where I wasn't pushing my cardio. Like I would be breathing casually, uh, but my legs and my knees and ankles were started hurting more. So that's why I was like, I need to do some actual like rehab and exercises for these. You think that's because of sea level? Yeah, that's why. That's what I mean. I'm excited to be back here because I have, I was born and raised at 6,200 feet elevation, so I got mountain lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious to see if I don't anymore after living in Seattle for a year yeah. and like adjusting. So I'm yeah. excited to actually like push the cardio aspect of it. Sweet. Wow. So running is a pretty big thing that's going on with you guys. 
Yes and yeah. no. I mean, I stopped. I I barely got back into running a couple of weeks ago. I mean, well, but I to, to, to get to the point to be able to run fifty miles in two days. Do you, you want to know what's crazy? I didn't train for shit. I ran for like a week before, and then the weekend before, I drank a shitload of soda and fell off the rails <laughs> and smoked too much weed and drank a bunch of candy. And that's part of what got me through it, though. I was like, I have to punish myself now. I fucked up. I fell off the wagon. It's time to fucking make a man out of this mess. Uh, had you been running before? All that, like, how long have you been running? Uh, basically just that that time in Seattle, just a couple of weeks before I did that challenge. I was like, yeah, this is like my training. I hadn't, dude, I had no idea about like actual training for running. Uh, and I had I had run off and on in like Pocatello when I was like, you know, I gotta gotta get fit, gotta keep my weight down, you know. Blind to yourself. Uh, yeah, exactly. Lying, lying to yourself, mm-hmm. and 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 even looking at the runs I do now, not pushing myself when I ran at all. Uh, you know, stopping when it started to hurt, or slowing down when I was out of breath, or you know, when you feel that pinch in your side, like grabbing and slowing down and stuff. It's like I don't, you can't do that. Like at the point that it starts hurting, good motherfucker, go more, going, do more, right. start focusing on breathing and distract yourself and just keep fucking grinding. But, but I don't want it to seem like you just weren't running during that week. Like you, yeah, I, I was remember, running. I remember, but not just running. Like David was like, yeah, I ran like ten miles today. Like he would tell me he'd run between like six to ten miles. Well, pretty the, much. the big, I mean, those bigger treks though were hikes. So it's like I would do, I would walk, I would hike up, uh, and I try to set a pretty blistering pace as far as hiking. Um, now I try to run up hills, but if I can, like back then I would just try to like walk as fast as I can up this hill and do like nine miles up the hill and then run the nine miles back. So when I'm getting crazy numbers like ten miles, it's technically like down, uh, right. down a mountain. Right. And I mean I've done twenty the whole or eighteen like the whole trip, so it's still hard and you know it's, uh, but it's it's a little bit different than like just running straight 10 running. miles straight yeah right, right. yeah for sure for sure wow yeah it's hard man but essentially like what it comes down to is your mindset yeah you know and that's why that's why i think that you were able to push through that because being around you around that time that's really around the time where i was like oh david is changing because we knew each other for years in college best of buddies hanging out all the time we would drive across town from from the college just to go to the bank man and david would be like take the freeway and be like nah man i enjoy hanging out with you we're gonna just drive through pocatello down yellowstone and we were we were goobers man we were fucking tv characters like, we weren't real people. And then I got to Seattle, and, like, David was like, I'm a savage. And I was like, he's a liar. And then he was like, no, nah, man, I'm training to plank. Do you, oh, no, not plank. Planch. Planch. Do you know what planching is? Never heard of it. Look this Google, up. Google just, uh, like, uh, Simon ATA planching. Uh, but David's like, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to planch, which is a super uh, hard technique where you essentially hold your whole body up with just your arms. And... I just remember around that time, I was like, man, David is really like... Yeah, that first picture. That's a planche. So how that guy's holding his body horizontal with just his arms like that? Just yeah. arms. Yeah. It's insane. And when people do this, it's, you see him doing this like, damn, he makes that look really, really simple. Really easy. Like, and that I know. didn't understand that when I did it. I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll get that in a year. And then it's like one of those things like running where I actually started doing it. I was like, oh, there's way more to this right. than I actually thought. Right. And like way more like specific wow. training and that sort of thing. Um, but wow. yeah, I mean, well, the, the thing is like that beca- trying to become a savage for me, it was like I, I actually started taking and I, that's the other thing is I, I worked at uh, like 4 a.m. Uh, at Home Depot and I would walk there so I'd start walking at three and walk three uh, three miles to work and then three miles home after work but on my days off I also became really obsessed with like mental health and I found that keeping a consistent sleep schedule was like really big for my mental health 
Uh, and so I would still wake up at 2 a.m. and go on like 3 a.m. walks, even on like the weekends or my days off. And so I'd have, I'd, I'd try to walk between six and 10 miles in the morning on my day off. And so I'd like have hours where I would just be thinking to myself and I'd really start, started doing the thing that I don't think people do and reflecting on my yep. life and yep. the five years that I had at fucking ISU and just like looking back and being like, dude, you were a shit bag. You were, you treated people shitty. You fucking, you hurt people and people hurt you, but that doesn't, and you tried to use that to like justify yep. your actions. Yep. And I tried to make excuses. Ooh. Look, dude, like looking at, looking at the things that I said and the lies that I told people, it's like, I tried to use things to justify it because I couldn't just accept the fact that I was a bad person. Uh, it was, it was mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. there had to be something wrong with me because I like, there has to be something else that's leading to these actions. Rather it can't than be just you. Being, yeah. I was like, I, you. like right, right. I have to be like a sociopath or a fucking, or they have to be fucked up. Yeah. Or, or the, it's, yep. it's because of this thing that they did that triggered this in me. And that's why I reacted that way. It's like, no motherfucker, you just didn't fucking right do here. it. Yep. You, like anything that you want to do, fucking do it like you're the only way that your life is ever going to change no one's ever going to walk in and fucking give you a million dollars or call broadway or whatever it is like you have to change your life and so i really started to like grasp that concept and was like would sit there and like watch sunrises and just be like this is this is what life is this not, is being a human yeah not all the bullshit and the drama and the social media and the fucking reality tv that just numbs everyone to the fact that they hate what they do and they spend more time doing that than they ever do taking care or thinking of themselves and i just checked out from the fucking i mean everyone's bullshit reality and was like i'm creating my own then wow. and in this one i'm i'm the crazy motherfucker here's what i think and this is something I've been really pondering the last couple of weeks, and I think this is a good way to describe it that I just thought of for you. But I think it's perfect. During that time, looking back on it, I think you really slowed down. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Because, I mean, being, I, being again, everything that I did, totally my own shit. But being at ISU in that college environment, it's definitely like... You know, you have to have a job, you have to have the, all your schoolwork done, plus you're doing plays. It's just like, and there's all these people that are constantly around. So it definitely makes it a hard environment to like thrive, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that, not to say people don't do it. There's people that do great. Yeah, uh, but those or, or get the chance to self-reflect because yeah. you're always going from you're the second you going, wake up to the second you go to bed. And there's always some drama that's fucking happening, especially in that goddamn theater department. There's always somebody's bullshit that you're thinking about. And mm -hmm. I just, like, I realized that the only thing I cared about was having like a, a girl or somebody like at my side, having people on my side. Cause I couldn't stand the fact of just being alone. So then when I moved to Seattle and realized that I was like, I have to be alone. Like yep. this, this yep. quarantine, like this can be the most beautiful fucking thing because ideally we will never, ever get another opportunity like this. And True. like, especially for me, like it was an excuse to be able to not pursue a career for an entire year. And I was like, okay, how can I use that energy? I want to be the person that I see in my head. I want to be that person that wakes up in the morning and stretches for an hour and mm -hmm. then goes on a fucking run. But how do you do that? You just get up and fucking you do just it. Get up and do it's it. never going to be easy. It sucks every fucking day, but it's always better after. And it's uh, always worth it. It's always, always worth it. Worth it. Uh, and so, I don't know, just that idea of like actually taking personal responsibility and changing. Like people, people talk about change like it has to be, like it is a slow thing, but like it has to be only a slow thing. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it steps every day. Like I don't, I don't wake up perfect every day, but there's definitely like, I try to have more days like that than not. And the more you do it, you, it's like compound interest. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, like you, once it's momentum, you know, you catch a little momentum and you get going once I real, and especially like once I, once I finally like hit the other side where I woke up in the morning and felt good, 
and knew it was because I didn't eat garbage last night. I didn't smoke too much weed before bed. I did, I fucking went on my runs and exercise. Once I felt that feeling of just waking up and feeling like like a fucking superhero, I was like, I, I this is my addiction now. I fucking want this always. And so like that pursuit of just like feeling good is so important. Well, you're to experiencing me. A, a level of freedom because that's a Jack Willink um, quote: "Is discipline equals freedom." Yeah, um, and it seems True. counterintuitive because you're you're disciplining yourself and that feels like there's no freedom but if you discipline yourself in the correct way there's freedom on the on the back end of that you start to feel better your legs stop to hurt you know you your your mental clarity starts to increase you know like all these beautiful things that came from saying no don't bitch out don't bitch out on this don't bitch out on and it's those little things too you know like no, don't fucking slow down right now just because yeah. it kind of feels a little bit, you know, fuck you, that, that little that little voice. Because is it David Goggins that call that? It's like 40%. a little bitch voice. Yeah, you know yeah. He talks yeah. about his bitch voice yeah, and like bitch recording voice. the bitch and yeah. like actually listen to that guy. He sounds like a straight bitch. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Uh, have dude. you heard uh, Jocko has, I think it was from his podcast, like this speech uh, called Good. Uh, where yep. he, yeah, I fucking love that. And there, I mean, there's even times I think of Goggins a lot, but I, I think about a lot of things, but. Uh, there's times when I'm running when I think of that, like when I start to feel that pain. And it's just like at that moment when you want to stop, draw on fucking anything you have, whether mm-hmm. it's the fucking enemies you've made in your life, yep. all those sons of bitches that fucking doubted you and told you you couldn't, or if it's somebody that fucking inspires you that you know is out there grinding, like whatever yep. it is, just draw on any of it. Well, and that good that he says is, he if you've never heard this chant. I've heard it, yeah. Yeah, someone yeah. comes to him with whatever news and he'll always say good, good. you know? Mm-hmm. Good. Like, oh, well, I just got fired from my job. Good. Now you got, you're going to have so many opportunities for so many other jobs. Oh, mm-hmm. mission just got canceled. Good. Well, now we can get ready for the other ones. You know, it's well, like, more time yeah, and to it's, train. it's not even just that. It's not even just it's more time. It's good. You're being put in a hard position. Right. Exactly. You're being yep. forced to grow yep. right now. Yep. Because a lot the, the issue is a lot of people say they change, but they don't. Like, yep. at the end of the day, people will be like, oh my God, I've changed so much because, you know, I, I've seen so many. Again, we're going back to Twitter, going back to what, mm-hmm. what fucking causes me to, to boil inside. Yeah. <laughs> it, and, and it's going back to Twitter and people are like, if you knew me in March of 2020, no, you didn't because I'm a whole new person now. Really? Because what have you done? Well, well the people that are announcing it usually aren't the ones. Bingo. We're right there. That's exactly – yeah, that's, that's that, what I was going to say. You haven't said that, man. Yeah, you, well, ha- you haven't said that. Because you know? I don't need to. Because the things that I've done, the mountains that I've climbed, the miles that I've ran – those and I don't need anyone else to even know about that. Those for me show that I've changed to me, and that's the only thing that fucking matters. And that shows you're Fuck not whatever anyone you're, else you're not seeking validation from other people anymore. You're right. not you're not needing yeah. that. Like okay, and it's like no, I I got this myself. You See, know? and that that was a hard truth to come to though. To be like, oh man, I've I, this whole time I've wanted to do theater because I like the way that it feels when people clap for me. I like the mm-hmm. validation, the mm-hmm. feeling when people like the thing that I'm doing, and people are looking at me, and I get that attention. Wow. You know what I mean? And That's so, deep stuff. Well, That's and, why a lot of people do theater, man. Right. But it's, but, right. And, and people, theater people like to pretend like they're so selfless for doing this, but it's like deep inside, there's some amount of you that, that wants that. Because, I mean, I still, I, I'm not, I still enjoy that validation, but it, like being able to check out of that and actually start to do things that you enjoy for you, mm-hmm. and the start of that is fucking boredom, dude. I, I turned off all my social media. I stopped watching yes. reality TV. There was a couple weeks where I wouldn't even listen to music. Like I was just staring at a wall like this. Like, what do I want to do? And I like I came to realize I don't know what I even like. 
Like, do I even like these things? Do I even believe these things that I thought I believed from the course of the past five fucking years? Like, what do I even stand for? Like, I didn't know who I was. And then, th- but like through pushing yourself, I feel like that's the only way that you actually kind of discover. Well, you, you spend a lot of time with yourself in stressful situations and you really get to know yourself. You know, yeah. that's, you, you really do. Um, when you're running, you know, those four miles for oh, 50 miles over two days, you're, you're chilling with yourself for a very long time and <laughs> you start to think your mind starts to wander. You start to ask yourself questions. That's huge. But when you have a phone, the second you wake up phone stimulus Drama stimulus, phone stimulus, asleep. You yeah. never ever get that opportunity to just fuck. What do I believe? Like, yeah. Do I really believe that? You're just caught in the stream, you know. Yeah. I think that goes back to slowing down, though. Like yep. that's what you did. You you took out everything from your life and you slowed yeah. down. And you thought, like, what do I want to do? Like, what am I thinking? What do I truly believe? Right. And that's something that people just don't do nowadays. Is they don't slow down. Like that's something I've noticed for myself. Is I'm like I feel fucking drained every Monday. Why? I have a job. I have, an, I have like an eight-hour job every day, but I'm not taking time on the weekends to just slow down. Mm-hmm. Like my brain, you know what I mean? Like yep. even if I'm not doing anything, I'll still be thinking about different shit. I'll be watching TV or I'll be on social media or I'll be you know, thinking about what they think or, or trying to reach out to this person or that person. It's like I'm not taking enough time for me and to like – not to become you, you know what I mean, but to right. be, but like I just go back to that dude. Like I've never been prouder of one of my friends and a human that I know than when I left you, because mm. I remember that when I left Seattle, I was in arguably one of the worst shapes of my life, mentally, physically, like financially, mm-hmm. and David was easily in one of the best. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it was just, it was, I was just like, man, I'm so proud of this guy, and like that's why I came back, and I was like, I got, I got to get to work, man. Because, like, I, I couldn't have fucking slaved it out there because Keith mm-hmm. took every bit of fight and yeah. grit that I had from yeah. my fucking soul. Yeah. Uh, but I just, you know, knowing you and knowing our stories and our journeys together and, like, knowing you at that time, and I still know you, and I know you're going to grow more as you go down to Utah, which we still need to talk about. Um, it's just exciting, man. It's really exciting, and I'm, I'm honored to know you, truly. Well, and uh, well, thank you. Yeah, wow. Kind. Yeah, Aww. and I'm honored to call you one of my like one of my best friends, like Thanks, in buddy. in the world, man. Because you're a truly inspiring person and someone who isn't doing it for views or clicks or like yep. right. people yep. to recognize you for being so awesome. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, well that's why I, I mean that's why I stopped posting on social media because I realized like so many hikes that I was doing, I would like post, I would do the hike just so I could find a great place to pick. get yep. to get that elbow lever picture, yep. right? And yep. I was like. Why, why am I doing that? And then, the, like, through just, like, you know, some hikes, the entire hike, just, like, if I know the trail, just leave the phone in the backpack. No yep, pictures exactly. on this hike. I'm going to get to the top of this mountain. I'm going to sit there by myself, and I'm going to smoke a joint and just be like, this is dope, dude. Yep. This is dope. If there's a god, this is fucking Because sometimes all a human needs is just to hear, like, a, a stream running by, and that's it. You know just what I'm peace, saying? Dude. Sometimes some little birds just, in the distance, peace. some wind through the trees. Because that's another thing is, like, I've gone out – um if you go out to Idaho city on the freeway and take a left and then it takes you into like the Boise national forest and stuff. Even when it's quiet around here, there's still like this buzz, you know what I'm saying? Cause when you go out there, you can feel it. It's not even hearing it anymore. It's like, Oh wow. Like this is my body feels calm because there's still cars like over there. There's still like electricity running and there's this that you can't get away from until you go out there and you can feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a beautiful thing. Humans it, need more of it. Like it, it, any any time that I've had an issue and I've gone like a you know something that's really bothering and I go out on a hike, it's like 
that sense of perspective is so good because yep. it's like you just see like a different side of the world and you realize like you know what maybe the shit that's going on it is like i can't overcome this like yep. i can exactly. fight through this and like i people just sit in their houses that's why fucking lockdowns are a bunch of goddamn horse shit but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we talked about that on episode three so we're gonna we're, we're Sorry, gonna leave my that bad. The bad. my bad <laughs> uh, david david talked about how he worked super early in the mornings and uh would go on like hike like walks by himself and stuff and walk like six to ten miles like crazy numbers with no direction either i'd pick like i'd get out of my house and go i think i'm gonna try to touch the water that way and dude straight up through that though i literally found the best overview spot mm-hmm. i've ever found like in seattle like it's the perfect fucking uh, view and i took justin and jules there and it was the place jules is a seattle native justin had been there for a year already a year and a half at this point and i took them there and they're like we have no idea this is this and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> it's because i know this yeah. city Go outside. <laughs> but uh david right before i left i i left seattle the day after christmas and which was kind of fucked up because i was like man i would love to be home like with mm-hmm. my family for christmas but I had one of my best buddies and nobody else. I like so, to think we had a good Christmas. We, I had a good Christmas. Dude, I had – this is what I was going to talk about because you said that uh, old, old, old Mailbox was one of your favorite memories in Seattle. But that Christmas was the best Christmas I've had, man. I fucking hate Christmas. Like I have never really had a good Christmas. My mom gets way too stressed and she freaks mm-hmm. out and it's just – you know, it's a lot of stress. And like I remember being up there and I don't know if we – did we walk Christmas Eve and Christmas or was it Christmas and then the day after? I think it was Christmas Eve and Christmas. So I was like, fuck it, David. I'm going to walk these four miles or, or I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. with you on these days and we're <laughs> going to walk around Seattle. So we get up, dude, and we start just like the first day. I, you know, I got up and I was like, all right, cool. You know, we're chilling. We, we walked around and David's like, dude, it's going to be the most beautiful sunrise <laughs> you've ever seen in your entire life. We're going to see homeless people, but it's also going to be a ghost town in Seattle at 3 a.m. So we start walking and fucking sunrise happened and we didn't even realize it because it was overcast. It was it's, oh, Seattle. Wow. And it's yeah. always raining. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> finding sunrise is kind of hard. he <laughs> was talking it up so much. He's like, it's the most beautiful sunrise, which I'm sure it fucking is. Dude, it would have been they, great. They're right. life-changing. Yeah. But you don't always did, find them, though. But no. my life didn't get changed. My, my <laughs> life stayed time. the not exact same. No, not that time. So what we did is we woke up on Christmas on Christmas Day and we are like, fuck it. I'm going to go and we're going to find the sunrise again. Nice. So we start walking and we, we had really good talks and like I remember like those yeah. those walks are like some of my favorite moments too because we walked dude, we walked around seattle when there was five people yeah, and you're awesome. you're no never cars. gonna it's, get that it's no. quiet in a way that it never is besides like the occasional people downtown screaming because they're probably dying but right, you, right. You, you walk or the guy trying the guy trying to sell us fucking wine at 3 oh, yeah yeah, yeah you guys want to buy some wine you want to buy a bottle of wine out of the back of his car Dang. yeah dude oh my god and then the sun rose again and we didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah well we kind of watched it on a bridge a little bit but it was still like it wasn't like a, the most beautiful miraculous right, sunrise. Right, right. But then we went back to your apartment and we like I remember that we bought fucking did we have a canagar that day? We had I think, hella joints. I, yeah, I was gonna say I think we just had fat joints. We might have got like a blunt or like a hemp wrap. Oh, uh, we probably got a blunt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think so, I think so. But we uh, we just went back and we just started smoking and chilling and David like made this ham that um, Justin's girlfriend's parents gave us and he fucking he cooked it up with some pineapple so the pineapple juices like got into the fat of the ham and uh, he made these really gross sweet potatoes they were fine it's just the cloves man the cloves (laughs) I didn't grind up the cloves it's just like whole cloves and there you eat one you're like oh (laughs) full cloves cloves in these fucking sweet potatoes Um, and we watched There Will Be Blood 
Mm. And we watched Tenet by Christopher Nolan. And I still don't understand what the fuck happens in that movie. But I just remember that, like... And then I had a Zoom meeting with my um, with my family because they were opening presents and I was high as shit. Uh, and that was super fun because I did not know what the fuck was going on. At least you got to kind of be there, though. That's nice. Kind of, you know, but it's like over Zoom and there's only one camera and like everyone's talking. So it's kind of like, really I, yeah, yeah, there's no, I, I don't know what anyone's saying. <laughs> right. So I was just high being like, yeah, yeah hi, guys, so I'm here. Like, um, but yeah, man, it, like Christmas in Seattle, like looking back is probably that and uh, probably Krung Thep. Oh, yeah. We, I remember that. We went to this Thai place by my house a lot. Mm-hmm. We would just get it and come back and just eat massive food and fucking watch fights. And watch stuff. fights yeah. yeah. I uh, think w- one really important thing to realize about uh, your speech about David a little earlier was that there's so many people who have said exactly what David's doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Because what if David would have said... Chan, come on, dude. You should go run. It would make you yeah. feel so much better. I bet it would if you did it. Just go do it. Bunch of pretty words, right? That doesn't do anything. People rely on like hearing words to make them motivated. It only has so much. When you see behavior and action, it's like, whoa. Mm. That gives you the chills because it's like, oh, this motherfucker's actually doing it. This is more than words. You know what I'm saying? But our society has been raised. We, we, we've fallen in love with words. We like pretty mm. words. You know what I'm saying? I think of Hillary Clinton when I think of that. Really, she's I, really good at pretty words. I you know? think of Marco and Rubio. <laughs> Marco. <laughs> what did you say? I said, hey, you said she's really good at pretty words. I said, and killing people. And killing people. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. Killing people with those pretty words. <laughs> All right, David, get off the conspiracy talk. Uh, well, right. Sorry, corruption. <clears throat> well, she's yeah. a Democrat, so could you kind of. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we're, we have a very <laughs> left audience. If you could just calm down on the We left. only talk bad about Trump here. That's it, please. Dude, Hillary Clinton has like if you looked into her eyes, I like in person, I feel like you should instantly know that she doesn't have a soul. Yeah. Right? Like Bro. I feel like if you're in politics that long, immediately the soul is ripped from your entire being. Well, I've seen her there's this video of her standing on this airplane talking to people and it was this like it wasn't this like scripted stage set, so she was actually like standing in front of people like going to fly somewhere and she's just like you know, like smiling at them and like doing this like phony, condescending talking to them. It's just like, if these people get off this plane are like motivated and like, oh my God, Hillary was on that plane and was so inspiring. It's like, that's wrong because it felt like a robot, bro. It really did. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it felt unnatural. She's like, well, you, know, you guys are doing great job. Thank you. Vote for me. Yeah. They're just actors, dude. They They're really just are, actors, no. so when yeah. you take away their script, I mean, a lot of things about the even the culture of politics goes hand in hand with the culture of acting, where mm. people pay you to say certain things. You have to keep along a certain political spectrum in order to keep your jobs, and if not, then you can, you might get blackballed. Yep. Uh, I mean, being a pussy—that's another one. What, wait, hold on. What, what are we? <laughs> what are we getting into right now? <laughs> you lost me there, champ. <laughs> Being a pussy. Um, no, but I think uh, – would you say that's true? Like the culture of like politics and kind of how it's fake and kind of two-sided and – I would compare both of them to high school. That's all it is. Mm. Like it's all just high school. Yes. It's the same dynamics where it's like – oh, because I mean you even listen to – I listened to an interview with Tulsi Gabbard and listening to her talk about like politics and how like people will look at who you eat with in the fucking cafeteria and be like, yep. oh, you're, you're eating with you're those one. guys. Yep. You support those. Bill. Like – they assume just because you 
are a decent fucking human being that you you know are like on their side and that's the that's the part that drives me crazy is like everyone is like needs to be on a side i'm like what yep, are you fucking exactly. talking about dude like mm-hmm. we're all still poor people why are we <laughs> fighting each other yeah it's a yep. fucking class issue it it really comes down to a class issue i thought i had the video of hillary standing on that plane um yeah i agree though like there's something about her that gives me like medusa vibes but like if medusa was ninety thousand years old and had a wrinkly ass body Dude, I hope she was the one that painted that picture of Bill in the dress. <laughs> I hope she just commissioned it and then watched it happen. It was her dress that he was in to model it. She's like, yes, Bill, stuff those tits. What a weird thing that was, that that painting. I've never actually seen the painting. I've oh, only dude. ever heard about oh, it. Oh, yeah, we talked about it on the first episode. Dude. This, it's kind of wild. And this was hanging in Epstein's house. In right. his house, yeah. dude. What the fuck, man? And yeah, so what we found weird. out is a college student painted this, and then Epstein purchased it from him. So, so he didn't know that he was oh. painting it like for Epstein. Epstein right. just bought these oh. paintings. And so, also, oh, but also, I guess that doesn't really matter now. But have you seen the? That's that is the dress. Fucking hilarious! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> have so, you seen the really George, Have you seen the George Bush one? Oh. No, I haven't. Hmm. I mean, thinking of a college kid making that painting, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, though. just so Epstein high. having it, well, a little less hilarious, but... <laughs> and this was also in his room, um, or what in is his this house. One, what is this one called again? Two Towers or whatever? Or... Yeah, something. But, oh, here's all the paintings. And so you got George Bush, Paper Plane. Two Fallen Towers. Two Fallen Little... In the Oval Office. Towers. Um, yeah. Bro, there's some strange things going on in this world. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, dude. I was actually getting my uh, my haircut and my beard trimmed the other day, and uh, I walked into this place, and I've never been there before, and on the sign it said, no politics. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Like, I'm curious what that's about. So I asked the guy who was, like, cutting my hair. I was like, hey, man, like, there's a no politics sign on here. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's because uh, one of the guys who used to cut hair here, he uh, yeah, he's, he loves Biden, you know. And so, like, after he would leave, like, he'd have really, like, weird conversations with people. And he'd be, like, sending them articles, like, after he cut their hair and no shit way. about it. Yeah, he's like, how about how Biden, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, dude, that guy sounds fucking crazy. And this guy was like, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to say that Trump was, like, the greatest president of all time, but... You know, he is pretty great. I'm just saying there's a lot of shady shit that's going on around, and Trump might have been able to put those motherfuckers in some fucking camps or something like that. It starts going up, dude. He's like, bro, the sign. The same thing we talked about with being like, yeah, everyone needs to love each other, but those anti-vaxxers. Yeah, but those motherfuckers that I want to kill. Yeah, Those motherfuckers that disagree with me should die. Yeah, dude, and he he was like, you know, there's a black Illuminati, right, and LeBron James runs it. I'm going to kill that faggot. And I was like, like, "Uh, I suck dick. I suck dick. Don't let him know. Don't let him know. And, and then he starts talking about crazy shit where he was like, do you know about uh, – I don't know if you've heard about this. It, he was Ooh. like, do you know about the the tales of Baron Trump? Yes. And I was like, what? And he was like, there's this book. It was written in the 1700s. It describes everything that's going on right now in the life of Baron Trump and blah, blah, blah. The Trump the... – and I was like, all right, this guy's crazy. And then he was like, do you also know that they just released all of the documents for 9-11? Damn. So I want so this guy has my number. I want to text him and be like, "Hey, can you send me the shit that you were talking about?" Because I'm kind of interested. So there is a um, tale of Baron Trump, and this is actually the picture. Some people think it looks like him a little bit. Um, It's kind of hard to tell. Maybe I can zoom in. Um, I have heard this. It's kind of it's ah shit. Now, okay, so is this uh, a corruption? 
uh, theory Corruption. that is uh, related. <laughs> Watch out for this guy over here, <laughs> Mr. Fucking CIA. <laughs> no, are you are you ready to hear what this theory implicates? Yes, 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 yes. This is big, guys. I feel like Alex Jones here. This is big. Okay. I just want to reiterate. I'm, I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> Look, I'm kind of retarded here. Okay. I want to say before Cougar starts this, I put on sunglasses because I'm too cool to know about this you're shit. Too, you're too cool. Okay. Continue. Do you you above it. Your you're above it. Okay. So there is a book labeled um, the Baron Trump novels. So there's a story back in the early 1900s that came out about a boy named Baron Trump. And all of this crazy stuff happens. This aligns um, somewhat with the QAnon conspiracy, okay? So what the claim is is that the Trumps are time travelers who are who were coming to save the day because Trump was president during all of this. And this book is like they went back in time and like put this book out so then it could be proof to show, oh, like, look, this book is the t- tales of Baron Trump. So when Baron Trump grows up, like it's prophesizing what's going on. And time travel is involved in that. So. David, go on time travel. Uh, time travel can't happen. It's not possible. Okay. Uh, you now I assume I don't know. Any, I'm not an expert on time travel. Well, I am. Let me You're tell perfect. you about yes, it. Yes, I've been. Uh, I've been waiting, baby. I've been waiting. Let's go. Let me, let me bust out my BA and hell yeah, to tell you about time travel real quick here. <laughs> it's really uh, simple. No. Well, okay. I played a scientist once. Yeah. The, there, there is. Time travel in the sense of time slippage does exist in that if you're like traveling fast enough away from like Earth or through space, Mm -hmm. when you come back, people here will be older because we at different like super speeds, you will age differently than the people that are left on Earth. Interstellar. Uh, Yes. So so in that sense, I think that time travel could potentially exist, but being like... He went back to 1920 and released this Baron Trump novel or whatever. That, right. that can't happen because 1920 isn't real. That's something that we as humans oh. made up. So there's no way to – like it's a measurement that is fake. So we have no way to actually like take the universe and say the universe, we are now going back to 1920 because the universe does have time but it doesn't measure it on a scale that we created. So wow. we can't use our fake amount of like our fake time scale to, to travel back to, to put it into a yeah. machine. Take me to 1920. Yeah, there's that, like the universe doesn't work like, that way. Right. Yeah. We've okay, argued I like about that. I like this. That. We've argued about this for since we've known each other pretty yeah. much for yeah. probably six, seven years now. Five, six. I, checking your watch. Well, how many years? Uh, My <laughs> that has oh, no face. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been friends for like six years, but we've argued about this always because I do believe that time travel could happen. Because although they're not saying that like you know we're going back to 1920 like. The spot, the time and space continuum is a thing. Like time and space are are connected, and that's a proven like you know a scientific theory as they call them, whatever. Right. right. But I feel like if they could figure out a way to be like, well, I want to go back to this 1920, but you wouldn't obviously put it in as fucking September second of 1920. You would have to figure out how do the stars align and everything. You would yada, need the yada, universe's yada. code. Right. Yeah. To, exactly. To do that. So you, you yeah you need like the key to the universe to be able to tell the universe you want to go back to a certain moment that happened in the universe. But we there's no way that we as humans I don't think well, will ever get. So how do you explain the Simpsons? thing then because you know like the simpsons dude dude, it's not all fucking coincidence bro they predicted trump was the fucking president they predicted homer simpson would win the the title and andy ruiz won the goddamn title also how good does that dude look andy ruiz looks like a fucking champion right now yeah um they predicted fucking ebola they predicted this they predicted that exact images man yeah i mean that's crazy but i don't i don't necessarily think that that immediately means time travel some people, some people claim that they 
have plans already set. There's already a script that's being written. Like the president's, there's already a script that's written. And it's it's like a way to desensitize people. And so it's the same with kind of like violence or like sex. It's a way to, and this is the claim. I have no idea if this is true. But that they show you what's going to happen. So when it happens, you will not think that it's that crazy. What? Can you explain I, that again? So if, if you see Trump being elected in The Simpsons, that's already of a, a thing you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Trump winning an election, right? That was not a concept until 2016, or if you look back in The Simpsons. And so what they're trying to do is is show people subliminally what's happening. And it's also the claim is that they're dangling it in front of you, and we're just so stupid. We'll watch The Simpsons, and we'll see this all happen. We'll watch... Trump being elected on The Simpsons and then Trump being elected in real life and say, oh, well, yeah, it's and that's what the claim is, is that these people are playing on like our naive naivete, yeah, naivete, whatever the name is. Um, and they're showing it right in front of you. And we're too ignorant in terms of total understanding to so see it. Is but this, I don't I don't necessarily this, believe that. Is this pro time travel or is this con time travel and just saying that that's how the Simpsons creators already see the world going so they're saying hey we're going to put this out in front of you so that when it does happen that you're already like well, so this is like big stuff this is like people who are in control uh, of like George like, Soros shit yeah like yeah. well bigger than George Soros um, what it's like they have it's like the Rothschilds are determining your destiny and showing you through the Simpsons but we're too stupid to even fucking realize Right, because it's like the Matrix. The Matrix yeah. is a really interesting concept on what the human, what human consciousness can actually be. Mm. Um, but that's another concept of people think that they made the Matrix to show people. So that would – you would say, wow, I can never live in a Matrix because that's a movie and that's not real. Um, and so that's another way to desensitize. So there, there's contradictions to these claims and you know all that crazy stuff. But um, I would be interested if the government had any projects with time travel. Oh look, Mantok Project. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 just a conspiracy theory. I've never read anything on it. There's another. Um, well, there's like the Philadelphia boat, boat right? That they tried tried to like make a, not necessarily time travel, but they tried to teleport it. And there's that conspiracy theory oh, that God. like there is a boat in Philadelphia in like the '60s that they made disappear one place and then appeared in another place and like there was like men and who's like half of their bodies were attached to the ship and oh like, right because it cut it right i think it's a huge that's a huge conspiracy theory mm-hmm. yeah i also feel like uh you said that word so you're gonna have to bleep it out in, in the post edit so have fun with that coog censor myself damn <laughs> oppressors <laughs> oppressors <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah crazy well. man david are you excited uh, to go down to utah uh yeah um i am stoked to go to i will probably shed one lone solemn tear the moment that i step on a theater stage again uh especially the fucking that outdoor globe style shakespeare theater they have that's I, just because that's like when i was there that's somewhere that i was like i'm i'm going to work here mm-hmm. uh and so it's like i don't know it's a, a big like professional milestone just for me personally so yeah i'm really excited about that um i think the I think the COVID protocol is kind of bullshit, but um, I'm excited to. Uh, I don't know. It's a, I'm I'm viewing it a little bit like <laughs> this is funny. I'm viewing it a little bit like rehab uh, <laughs> because I I'm excited to just to just go and just be like sober and just like with myself and kind of just um, in a, in a place that is open. Yeah. Because uh, even though like USF has some weird ass 
COVID protocols, like Utah is still like open and it's sunny and it's beautiful and there's a lot of nature. And I know that I can just kind of like, I'm really excited to, to turn my habits into like a full on like regimen and, and really start training and have, and work train towards something. Are you going to take it like a boot camp rehab? Like you're just going to go insane on the, on the yeah, training well, I mean, since like, you're being sober and you're trying to. Yeah. I was going to say like, I have, I mean, I have nothing else to do. And also I'm, I'm excited to try to, I'm going to like, I'm excited to be alone because a thing that I've noticed is like, I, when I go somewhere with my friends, I tend to be, especially if I'm smoking a lot of pot, I tend to be a pretty big recluse. And so it's like, Justin will like be like, Hey, do you want to come do this thing with me and Jules? Or you'll be like, Hey, do you want to come do this thing with these people? And I'm excited to have to be alone because then I have to do that for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to meet the people. I have to do the fucking charisma thing. Like I used to be good at. Uh, when I was a liar. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also when like we didn't realize how much smoking all that pot really does kind of turn us into fucking like loners. Just anxious. Yeah. Just all the time. Like, yeah. Fucking loners. Yeah. Which, you know, there are, there's like we said, there's good parts about it, but yeah, I definitely have well, seen. But, but it's definitely not a miracle drug. No. Like, I've definitely had my fair share of problems And you with can fuck pot. your life up with it, man. Like I, yeah. I got evicted from a house in Pocatello because I spent all of the money that my mom sent me sad on fucking Taco Bell, mm. McDonald's and weed. And I got goddamn scurvy. Mm. Do you remember that? I do remember when my hair fucking. on my arm was thinning Scurvy. out, and you guys were like, "Hey, man, eat a carrot. <laughs> eat any amount of vegetables. Like, take take a vitamin." You've eaten Taco Bell for how long? <laughs> Three months. That's it. How's Straight? your ass? How's your asshole doing? <laughs> <laughs> fucking not good. I'm not gonna have a toilet here soon either. <laughs> Just backed up. <laughs> how close are you to Moab uh, down there? Uh, I couldn't actually tell you. I don't know. I don't know like the area super well. I don't mm. know southern Utah. Cedar City? Yeah, it's Cedar City. It's right by Zion National Park. It's like a 40 minutes away or something. And are you just uh, are you just light bitch or are you Emmy? No, I'm just a light bitch. Nice. I'll be running like boards and spot ops and setting up all the lights and stuff and just kind of living life. But Do you know if it's just you or you got a there's partner? a There's a few other people. Nice. There's a little crew. It's a big – I mean there's three theaters we work in. So Jesus Christ. I don't think that one man would be enough. You're you, buddy. I, I mean, I would get it done. But yeah, they, you would they get would, it done. They would not like the hours that I worked and how much money they'd have to pay me <laughs> because they do pay like overtime and shit like that if you go over 40 hours a week or they, yeah. have, they, they have to. It's not yeah. like Lyric where they can be like, we're going to pay you a stipend of $3,000 for the summer, but you're also going to work 100 hours a week and never have a day off for the three months that you're here. Yep. I know what that's like. I'll tell you what. They wouldn't like the money they're spending on you, but they would like your spirit. Yeah, they would. Yeah. That, it, well, and that's the other thing. Like, Cougar was kind of talking about how people, uh, they, like, they flex. And they say, like, oh, you know, you should you should run. You should do these things. Which I know I, I still kind of do a little bit to, like, you or to, like, my friends. Be like, oh, you're having a hard time? Like, let's go get some exercise. Get these miles in. Yeah. But I, I've kind of stopped doing that to just, like, normal people. Mm-hmm. Because, one, people don't like to be told what to do. Two, I don't fucking know anything. I'm an idiot. Uh, and like the more that I go through my life, the more I realize I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. So like, I'm just going to live my life and try to do what I'm going to do and honestly not give a fuck about other people. Um, except that the ones that, you know, are love and close to me. And I, I don't mean that in the sense that like be an asshole or don't help people or blah, 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 nothing like that. It's just like, 
I think we, we have too much communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Because everyone has an opinion on oh, like every single thing that somebody says. And I don't think that we need that, right? Like the idea of microaggressions, I understand microaggressions constantly having someone tell you what a piece of shit you are is pretty aggressive or is pretty hard. Um, you know, I've been in situations that are, that are like that and, you know, different situations in my life. But like at some point, it's on you to just not let that shit affect your life mm-hmm. because nobody, the, the world is never, ever, ever, unfortunately, because humans are imperfect, going to be nice to you. It's just not going to happen because you, and I think to think that is a little bit naive, especially when you look at other countries where they're literally mur- like mass murdering people in the streets with no remorse. Yeah. And it's like, just because we live in this, this easy first world where we can actually fucking think about, you know, what gender we want to be and that sort of stuff. Like, and where everyone has a platform. Yeah. And it's like, people don't realize, like, you don't need to respond to everything. You don't need to look at everything. You don't need to have an opinion in any, in, of, on, on everything. And I hate when people are like, you know, like, oh, yeah, you have to take a stance on this. White silence is violence. No, fuck you. Sorry. You don't ever get to use your uh, opinion to manipulate me into being on your side. Because you know who else did that? The literal fucking Nazis. <laughs> So stop calling people fucking Nazis. Well, and it's also like just because you don't – the thing is, is they're thinking like just because you don't post about it that you're not standing up for anything. Right. It's shit like that. You know what I mean? Well, it, but I mean the people that post about it, that's all they're doing. It's yeah. Like, yeah like, it's like if you want to if you wanna actually help, fucking quit your theater job. Go get a fucking degree in law. Go get in there. Go actually get part of Congress and try to actually affect change. Stop fucking virtue signaling and telling people that you're helping and feeling and pretending like it's actually doing anything. Because guess what? It does nothing for nobody. Well, and we come from a very, very white area. Nothing for anybody. Sorry. You're going to correct your grammar in the middle of this podcast where we're yeah. probably two hours deep right now? Yeah, I got yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not high to correct. To so, not, so, so you're not a regular Nazi, but you're a grammar Nazi? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, dude. It's like, you know, everyone, everyone always had opinions, but not everyone always had a platform. Right. And that's where I see it come down to where I'm like, everyone has a platform now and they think if they just voice their opinions on the platform, if I just call people out for being racist assholes on Twitter, like I don't know if you saw, so Shelly High School is in like deep shit right now um, because they had what's called Russet Olympics. I don't know what these things are, but apparently like Russet each – Yeah, well, that's their high school mascot. <laughs> okay, continue. Because <laughs> we're in Idaho. We're not going into that. <laughs> and uh, like so each grade picks a – color that they want to be and then they like dress up as that color all week well the seniors this year chose black and Mm -hmm. all of the kids who go to that school are white and what they did is they decided to start like painting themselves black and shit so like there's a couple of kids who are like all the way like black like on their on their stomachs and like on their bodies and on their face and like uh, they're getting called out for like black face now and saying that you know it's super racist and it's super offensive and there was a girl who and the, and I'm, the way I'm the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of my friends are getting online and they're like this is bullshit this is bullshit this is bullshit but it's like when it comes down to it first of all if you see someone in the streets like something racist happened to them a lot of people are just gonna walk by mm-hmm. so their platform really doesn't mean anything and it's bullshit mm-hmm. secondarily those kids in Shelly Idaho yeah they did something wrong but they don't know they're fucking idiots us in Idaho and I'm not trying to like stick up for us or anything like with racism and with you know people not understanding but I didn't even understand the racist tendencies that were inside of me until I got to Seattle right it wasn't until I was in a supermarket with a bunch of other people who weren't white where probably being white was a minority at that time that I was like wow there's 
not a lot of white people in here. And even just having that thought was like uncomfortable for me, you know? So you don't realize like how bad you are until you get out, but those kids are going to get shamed because they're just being kids. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, the bigger issue I think is just like, I think racism comes from, uh, from culture uh, and that people aren't, aren't willing to actually like look at somebody else's culture and, and also like, even if they disagree with it, let it be right. Because like you said, like the, these kids do this, uh, maybe a little bit, you know, like without knowing uh, or without intending to be like offensive, they're just trying to be their favorite color or whatever. And, uh, or the color that their team is, right. Yeah, they're just sorry, trying to yeah, support whatever their the, team, whatever the fucking, yeah. uh, the prompt was. Um, and not, not directly being like, Oh, look, you know, we're all racist, ha ha black people or some shit like that. But it's just like, if those, if those kids had any, ex, any, um, experience or like, uh, any, yeah, I mean, experience in like, you know, the, what, what, what black culture is or part of that or, or what being it, in a diverse what, yeah, or what that, what that, what blackface has meant for these people or like what, like if they, if we actually all just talked about it instead of screaming at each other, I think it would help things but people like won't do that in this in the same way like fucking go if you're some city guy go learn about country culture go learn what makes them the way they are like people aren't willing to actually look at anyone else's culture they just say no you can't do that or you can't say that or you can't have that and like trying to just shut people down like that it's going to solve fucking zero things yeah it's just people who don't want to learn yeah well and 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 going to fucking social media god what a cancer that is uh but like Twitter, if you see people arguing and yelling on Twitter, those people are the exact same as the guy on the side of the road with a fucking Jesus save sign and a speaker where he's yelling fucking, Jesus is coming back and you must repent for your sins. The only difference is everyone in the world can see their Twitter, so there's going to be a larger amount mm-hmm. of people that agree with them, mm-hmm. right? That guy that only that's in Seattle on the corner, he's only got Seattle and the people that walk by him that day that hear his message. Somebody on Twitter, if, if people re- keep retweeting it or posting it, the entire world knows. So it's like, it's no different. You're still that crazy fucking guy with a crazy opinion, but it's just a larger amount of people that also have that same crazy thought right. process. But that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, like, it doesn't mean that you can't have that thought. That's the other thing is I think people people need to stop thinking that every thought that they have is worth somebody else's time, mm-hmm. right? Because I have a lot of stupid premises and <laughs> jokes and things that I think about that I write down. I'm like, oh, that's good. And I look back on it later. I'm like, I'm glad I never said that to fucking anyone because <laughs> that makes me seem like a real crazy person. So I think like people just – people need to stop thinking that they're right all the time with every thought that they have and just be like, oh, you know what? Fucking uh, maybe I'm a crazy person. Well, and I liked what you were saying about how just because people like it doesn't make it right. Yeah, or like, don't like it doesn't make it wrong. Yeah, and people like, if you like guns cool that doesn't mean that other people shouldn't be able to have them Mm -hmm. yeah like i got into a twitter argument pretty recently we talked about it before this podcast with one of our friends who you know it might not be my friend anymore but i hope that that's not the case but regardless i mean we got into a little bit of an argument on twitter and it was i was kind of con covid protocol i guess you could say and he was pro covid protocol i mean there's more to say about that but he definitely got more likes on his posts than I did. Mm-hmm. And that's because I'm taking a stance that isn't widely accepted. Unpopular. It's unpopular. And so, yep. of course, no one's going to like it because if someone likes it, they're going to go, well, who fucking liked that shit? And that's the other thing that people got to worry about, too, is like along with the politics and the and the acting and like people being like high school, it's like, well, oh, you like this anti – the anti-vaxxers post? Well, you're not my friend anymore and mm-hmm. you're bullshit and mm-hmm. you fucking have bad views and you're wrong. And- yeah. But, I mean <laughs> – 
let's talk about COVID protocol for one second. Here's why <laughs> I think COVID b- protocol is bullshit. Okay. And if yeah. anyone, if anyone here in Boise wants to argue this with me, uh, I would love to. Uh, We've been inviting people to the pod, man. Because look, dude, I I purposely moved to a place that was the literal one of the literal hottest spots for COVID in all of America. Okay, in Seattle, and then I worked in the most populated. <laughs> fucking Home Depot in downtown Seattle that anyone has. Where oh, yeah, I, the stories with the homeless people in this store are fucking nuts, oh dude. God. With where I would deal with uh, drug addicts, fucking crazy people that would re- refuse to wear masks. I, le- I legit talked face-to-face, had an entire conversation for like, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes with this girl that I work with, with both of us taking our masks off because we're sitting there talking to each other. It was all bullshit anyway. Who I later found out was confirmed to have COVID at that time and she had to take weeks off later, right? right. Yeah, her and her boyfriend both ended up with COVID. And I was like, oh, shouldn't I have COVID then? No. Do you know why? It's not the masks that saved me. It's not the vaccine that saved me. It's the fact that I started taking vitamins. It's the fact that I started sleeping more. It's the fact that I started treating my body correctly. So all this like mask and you have to get vaccine bullshit, I think is a bunch of fucking nonsense. Sure. I'm not saying it does nothing. Masks might help. Vaccines, you know, they have some efficacy uh, regardless of, you know, the idea of side effects, but let's well, water under the bridge. But uh, yeah, it's going to be fine in five years when they call you up and they're like, did you take the COVID-19 vaccine five years ago? Did Do you, you believe you're yeah. entitled to $10,000 yeah, of compensation? Exactly the fucking thing. Are, are you, you growing a, blind? Are you growing a third toe out of your fucking fourth leg? How did you get four legs? We don't know. But I, I think that, like, the whole COVID thing to me has shown that we don't have a fucking epidemic problem. Or, like, we do have an epidemic, but it's not COVID. We have a health epidemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like just even just taking basic steps and sure there's some amount of luck that has probably played into that but like I truly do believe because I did start taking a crazy amount of like immune support and actual vitamins and trying to balance my macros and stuff like that and I don't know like I was like I said in the literal hotspot with more than one coworker that ended up with fucking COVID and I I never got it I, and I was yeah. like I said face to face in the worst conditions 40 hours a week uh, and well, the, like there was times, get this, there was times I would throw boxes for hours. My hands are dirty. I go up to eat lunch. I purposely didn't wash my fucking hands. Okay. And people are like, that's, oh, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Did I get sick? No, dude, I haven't been sick the entire fucking year I lived in there. And since I've been taking care of myself, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And that's another interesting thing that I saw on those tweets was the mentioning of, well, Masks have been shown to help reduce the spread of COVID-19, so you have to wear one. That's, to me, a journalist, that's the headline is, uh, masks help reduce COVID-19. Okay, what does that mean? So they might help a little bit, but is it significant enough that we should all do it? That's not the question. It's just that beautiful headline of like, well, of course, if, if it helps at all, then we should. And it's like, well, no, because... Another thing is you're harming yourself when you're breathing in your your own breath all the time. You know what I'm saying? That's not being taken into consideration. And again, if you feel protected, you should wear a mask. But that it's that behavior of like, no, you have to do that. You know? And it's just the rhetoric that people are yeah, saying exactly. right now. It's yep. just like we, it's what you hear. And this is something we talk about all the time in Seattle, where it's like you hear stay inside, social distance, you know, uh, wear a mask, but you never hear get enough sleep at night, take vitamins, drink water. Like people are talking about how they need to strengthen their immune system, but also virtue signaling to do things to make you weaken your immune system for a disease that has a 1.8 death rate. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
if you're over fucking 80 or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah like, no, um, overall, dude. Oh, overall, really? it has a 1.8 death rate, and 80% of that 1.8 is people who are over 65. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What are the odds? At, at, at Winco, I wasn't wearing a mask, and I had a woman come up to me, and I was talking to Chandler about this, and this is the the logic that I don't see adding up is that this woman approaches me and we were 50 feet, a hundred feet away from each other. We had no problem at all. Even if I did have COVID because she wasn't close enough to <laughs> right. me, um, she approaches me and comes within six feet of me and I am buying seeds to go home and plant to grow so I can eat them. Like Helps, healthy food. Yeah, like, you know, help my body a little bit, you know? So maybe I can take care of it. Maybe if I get hit with a sickness, it won't hit me as hard because I'm a little healthier. And this woman comes up to me and she's like, you need, you, the, the rules say that you need to wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, thank you. And she walked away. It wasn't this big drama thing. But it's like, I, if you were actually scared of this whole thing, you wouldn't have even come up to me. If this was the Black Plague and actually those statistics that if 10 million people had died, when that's like when we would be like, whoa, that's actually something we have to take a look at. She wouldn't have, she would have ran away from me. Yeah. But it's like, you're not behaving like you're scared, but your words... And I'm paying more attention to your behavior. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we were talking about earlier, too. People have so many words. They say mask, 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 mask. But then you see a video of a politician not have a mask on, put a mask on behind the stage, walk out with the mask on in front of everybody, and then get up to the microphone and take his mask off. Yes. Or, it's costume. You know? Or you see Joe Biden meeting with 16 other world leaders on a Zoom call, and he's the only one in a mask. See, I mean, it's like... I, but he's, he's, I, he's safe. He's safe. He's safe. You know why? Because there's nobody else in the Oval Office, but there was one person earlier, so you don't know. It could be around here. I knew you didn't know about that that's shit, too. Isn't that crazy? That's so ridiculous. That's how that's unconnected like, David is, bro. David didn't even realize. Good, I texted so good Cougar. I don't get on social media. It's I don't. Amazing, well, bro. and look, dude, like, it's crazy to me. This is something that I, I talked about on, uh, like, my first episode of my podcast, Shameless Blog, uh, that, uh, like, Fuck, I totally just lost what the fuck I was saying. What'd you just talk about? Oh, you're good. I don't even remember what I was talking about. What what was your, what's your podcast, David? Uh, the Rantings of a Madman. You can find it currently just on YouTube, soon to be on Spotify, but uh, it's where I talk a lot of shit. So if you enjoy shit talk, come check it out. Rantings of a Madman? Yes, the Rantings of a Madman podcast. It's With? a nice purple sign. The Madman himself, David. Uh, <laughs> the Madman <laughs> mad himself! I, I definitely... Dude, I don't... Look... I don't want people to like listen to me and think that I'm like being like this is the way you should live your life. Look, dude, I don't know fucking anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a slice of life, and to call out some of the double standards and bullshit that I see. I'm not offering. Look, I'm not gonna say that I'm a smart guy that has all the fucking solutions, all the answers. I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. But I think more people need to be in that boat of. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's what everything in life comes down to: is we really don't know about Christ, about corruption, about culture, like. Yep. With wow. shit that's going on. Fuck you, David. Let's, hold on. Let's get into God here for a second. <laughs> what are we at? What are we at? Okay. What are we, before we start. Two, uh, two hours and 11 minutes. Okay. Go I ahead. got time. Here's Go what ahead. it is. I think more people need to create their own God. I agree with that. Because, oh. because that's what I did. And it's worked out great so far. Here's why. You can make a religion that fits every aspect that you need it to. Just like they did when they created religion originally mm-hmm. that's why they fucking changed it so priests had to be celibate so they would stop fucking all the towns ladies so that <laughs> somebody else can get some fucking action <laughs> look and fucking check it out dude that's why they did it okay uh but i like 
I created uh, my church, uh, the Church of Luck. If you like, guys mm. would like to become the first members, you are welcome to. Our our God is Lady Luck. We're very progressive. We have a Lady God. Thank you very much. Luck uh, be the it. lady tonight. <laughs> but uh, like the the one tenet of my church, actually, there's there's th- fucking a couple tenets. One of them is be, be kind, be humble, be fair, and praise Lady Luck. Uh, that's four. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to count. <laughs> can't count. I, From I started a religion, but I don't know how to count. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, welcome Joseph Smith to the podcast, yeah, everybody. And that's why we don't pay taxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's rule number five. The like the main idea of it is Lady Luck will always support you and be there for you as long as you try. The <laughs> second you stop trying, she stops trying. Right. So it's mm. like it just like that built in way to just be like, you know what? Like, I can do more. I have to do more. like I like because at the end, like I said before, nobody else is going to change your life. There's right. no God yep. or any of that that's actually going to change your life. In the end, it's you. Uh, so like fucking make up your own religion. It's all a bunch of bullshit anyway. Right. Like ensure we don't we don't know. There could be something out there. We're fucking two dimensional being or three dimensional beings that fucking see only this much of the visible light spectrum instead of all the rest of it. Um, but like. I don't know. I think people get too wrapped up in shit. I agree with you. I mean, that's what I did. And you told me that when I wanted to start a church in Seattle, you were like, nah, Chan, because that's a, that's a cult. You can't do that. Here's the thing. If you're – I don't I, – I joke about the, this. Like, I, I started I a religion. I don't actually yeah. need, like, want it's people for you. to join. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, like, my own little thing. And mm-hmm. I, I – quote, unquote, praying. I don't, like, dear lady, look. Uh, but, <laughs> but, like, quote, unquote, praying for me is just, like – being grateful to Lady Luck for the things that I had in that day and checking in and being like, what's what's something good that happened to me today? Where where did I, what's something bad that I did today? How can I be a better person tomorrow? And just like actually asking myself questions to try to make a change in the person that I am tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, can be- I tell you something? What's up? I love you. Here's why. Why? Because from for the whole time that I've known you, <laughs> The whole time that I've known you, you are how I imagined Cougar was before he had his experience where you're like, fuck Christians, religion is a bunch of bullshit, you shouldn't be doing any of this, this is all bullshit, fuck spirituality, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I, okay, I, okay, maybe that was a little bit too far, but you were saying fuck Mormons, yeah, fuck, fuck Christians, fuck, fuck, fuck Christianity, fuck organized, fuck organized religion. religion. Organized, yeah. organized religion yeah. is dog shit and it's toxic and, I agree and it's with manipulative. That. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I agree with that, but I just think it's funny that now you're talking about Lady Luck, and when you said Lady, when you're like, you know, asking Lady Luck, and you got the, the religious person eyes going for a second, you you were like, you know, every morning I ask Lady Luck, and it was like, you know, you know when you know when Christians talk to you, and they're like, you know how like, you need to love Jesus, man, like <laughs> like with the big eyes, like I I showed up at this bitch's house. I'm sorry that I cut you off your religion talk. Okay. Uh, I, I showed up to this, this bitch's house. Her name is Minister Clark. Like, her name is literally Minister Clark. And she called me because she works at Truth Seekers. Wait, her first name is Minister? Minister, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. okay, continue. Yeah, so she wanted us to, like, clean her house, which is also a church. Um, it's, like, a big-ass house Dang. that she has out in Boise. It's called Truth Seekers Church. Sa- shameless plug. Uh, probably also going to be sponsored by rant- uh, Rantings of a Madman here soon. Because <laughs> here's what happened. I rolled up with my super fucking Bosnian boss, and we go up to the door, and she opens it, and it's like this is this black lady, and she straight up looks like she might be on fucking crack cocaine. Like, her eyes are bulging out of her head. She has weird, like, thinning hair. She's really thin. She gets us into the house, and she was like, Lord, I just want to... 
I just want to tell you guys real quick, I pray for every person who comes into the house because this is the Lord's house. So I want to let him know that you are here and that we are going to be one in this journey. Lord, I want to thank you today for Chandler and for, and, and, and she's like, what's your name? And he's like, Ennis. And she's like, Ennis and blah, blah, blah. And just starts like praying. And, and this bitch starts looking at me, dude. And like, I was like, man, what the fuck is going on here? Because we're in a big ass house um, with a big ass room. There's something else big ass. Sorry. I was trying to go somewhere that I didn't know where the fuck I was at. Trying to follow that rule of threes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we were walking around the house and she was like, clean this, clean this, clean this. And it's this big house. And we like opened one door and and she was like, oh, this is the guest suite. And there's like a dresser and fucking a bed. And we like went downstairs. There's a workout room. And I was like, bitch, this is your house. This isn't the guest suite. This is your fucking bedroom. And then she like brings us downstairs and she was like, you know, I was just, I was caught up in Satan's kingdom for five years and I was living on the streets. And, you know, one day a nice man came up to me and spoke to me about Jesus. And, you know, I'm really lucky because I'm out here with a lot of people who normally wouldn't hear the word of God. People, you know, uh, who own businesses, people who are a little bit more wealthy, people who have more to give. And she looks at my boss and she's like, maybe someone like you would like to come to my services on Sunday and come see the great things that we have to offer you here, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, this bitch is just a con man. She just figured out that you can use people's emotions, that you can use fucking organized religion against them to be like, hey, give me money because I'm going to preach the word of the Lord to you because I've been anointed. Why? Because my name is minister. The true true meaning of taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. and that's why I agree with you. You know, organized religion is bullshit. People shouldn't follow it, but they just need to. And Jesus is the OG con man. Po- possibly. <laughs> possibly. 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 And I talked to Cougar about that. And, if, and, and I've talked to you about this. If Jesus is the OG con man and we're still believing this shit, maybe there's a third thing that you need to learn from him. A thing or two. Because he's been doing, yeah, he's been. Jesus really fooled everyone back in the day. Jesus know how to fuck with people's consciousness. I mean, mean, as far as I know, he got kind of killed pretty quick. He got kind of killed off real quick after he turned water into wine, motherfucker. (laughs) Wait, 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 allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, I have a question. I have a question. All right, so this is what you're describing is something that I have been like neck deep in for looking at um, for the past couple years. Okay. And so, first off, had an experience that made me, because I, bro, I was a secular atheist until I had DMT experience. Felt a separation of my soul and my body, however you explain that, but I'm here. So, what that brought me to was, like, Buddhism and Hinduism, right? And so, the thing that it comes down to, really, basically, is evil, right? Because Buddhism which we've talked about says that there is no such thing as evil until you put a label on it. And I would argue that's not true. I would say that there is objective evil that does exist. And so what it turns into is that if we all define our own morals, I might have different morals than you. What you, what you define as being kind, I might define differently as being kind. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so what I've run into is like, there's no objective conviction speaking direct truth. It's like, Oh, well just, because like Buddha, if I'm in a stressful situation and I'm looking for guidance and I try to if I try to embody the spirit of Buddha, he would say, well, sit down and convince yourself that there is no evil that is happening here. You're only thinking that it's evil because it's your own interpretation. Right. And so my hang up is where do objective morals come from? Because 
say there is a God that exists and I hate you, but that God created you, I don't get to then demean you as something that is less than me because you're, there's, there's something that's objective over us that even if I don't like you, that law still is in place, right? right? But if it's subjective morality, that means I can like you right now, but I can change that tomorrow and change it so drastically that I could even kill you tomorrow if you don't serve my values of what I want from you. And you would have to, or anyone would have to say, well, you're subjectively correct on doing that because you're not, no one is technically wrong mm. because there's no objective truth. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I'm stuck behind is, cause I was just like, yeah, bro, I could just fucking pick all the things that will help me and get it all together. And then I'll have kind of my own little thing. And it's like, but then I'm going out and defining what is evil and what is, what is good and what is bad. And I don't know if I am smart enough to do that. See, you know but, what I'm saying? But I think it, that only becomes an issue when you put that on other people. That's why I think organized religion is bad. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if you, I mean, granted, you're right about some like certain objective things like killing another human is probably like should never be con defined as good. But if you're trying to be truly like, you know, like open to everything, you would have to be like, well, if somebody views that as good, then that's good. Right. right. Uh, but I feel like if, if I just take something and I say, these are, you know, this is my religion. These are my morals, and my ideas. That's only bad when I try to implement that on somebody else and try to truly make them live to my morals. Right. And so if you, so that's the question. If you see someone being murdered, do you step in? Right. Um, see the, the atheist part of me says yes, because, um, I, the, like the atheist in me, uh, cause I, I kind of try to be a little more agnostic, but you know, I, I was pretty staunch atheist for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, be, and like the atheist part of me believes that like there is no God and there's nothing after this. And so that's why it's important that we be kind to each other because we are all we have. There's no other mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. There's no second fucking chances. You be a good person right now because that's all we get. Uh, so if I saw somebody getting murdered, uh, yeah, you're goddamn right. I would try to step in. But then again, it's like, what's the situation? Is that person trying to rob that guy? So now right. he's fucking like, Oh fuck you. And stabs right, true, him. Right. True. Like it's context for sure. Yeah. Um, so when you are seeing these, these sunsets that are giving you new perspectives on lives, um, they are eye catching and very beautiful. As you well, can I also, right? I've also done DMT. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, uh, I did not know uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sir. I have done some DMT. Did you break through? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. Because uh, I didn't meet no fucking machine elves. God damn you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> damn it. But uh, I, like, it's hard to describe what you feel. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I just did meth, but <laughs> we got it from a yeah. shitty drug dealer. I wasn't, like, fucking scientist over here. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember, like, doing it and just, like, immediately I was like, I got to lay down. And, like, lay down and close my eyes. And I can't even really, like, describe what I went through because mm -hmm. it's just, like, it's like you see things, but you feel things in your soul. Like right. you feel them so deeply and you come out of that. And there's like that hour of like, uh, kind of like, it's like coming down off of shrooms for an hour where you're just kind of like, man, everything's good. Like we need to be nicer to each other and like everything's okay. Just like, um, like, like nostalgia almost. Right. Uh, or like a super like, um, dopamine or like endorphin dump. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's not like MDMA where the next day or later on you're like, Ugh. uh, but like just that, uh, yeah, doing that definitely. And doing drugs in general has made me like kind of made me spiritual because like that DMT experience where I'm, I experience things that I'm like, 
I want to be like that's you know it's just in my head it's just chemicals but it's right. also like that doesn't make it any less real right well like, so when you when you say a soul what do you mean by that um I don't entirely know. I don't know that I have a definition of a soul. I believe in souls uh, because of my like experiences with drugs. Like the first time I did acid, I did acid with a girl I was dating at the time, mm. who you both know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we were like, neither of us had done acid, and we we're like, we're gonna, we have, you know, we're in my house, safe place. We're like, we're gonna do this together, and no matter what happens, we got each other. Uh, and I remember like we walked, we walked down in Pocatello to fucking uh, that place where you get the pizza bombs and they also sell sandwiches goodies goodies that's what it is we walked down there and like got our sandwiches and while we were walking back we we're like oh it's starting to kick in you know got really giggly everything starts like moving we're having fun and then like i i, I uh we we like ate food and then we're like hanging out you know acid's long as shit um and like the first few hours while you're going up i was like this is pretty great but then i started like having to contemplate all of the things that i had done wrong in my mm-hmm. life and at that point, I wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I vastly underestimated the power of psychedelics. Uh, and, like, I, I remember being happy, and I put this uh, – it was later on, and I put this frozen pizza into the oven. And as soon as I closed the oven, just tears. Just – I wow. like, I was just a mess. And I, like, it was like I was confronting these demons without even, like, realizing it or, or being ready. And then, like, uh, we, we kind of, like – we smoked a bowl of weed to try to relieve some of the anxiety it actually worked pretty well, but you don't want to get like super high. Um, and we ended up sitting like in the tub, both of us just like completely naked, just in this hot water, like, uh, in like what I would describe as one of the most like vulnerable mm-hmm. situations you can possibly be in. And just like, I don't know, again, it's hard to describe, but like that moment to me, like if we have souls, me and that person touch souls at that mm-hmm. moment. Uh, just because, like, it was something that was so impactful that I will never forget, and like, gave me a deep connection with this person that I had never really experienced before. Um, so I don't know that I can necessarily define like this is a soul. What is but, a soul? But right. we connected on a level that I didn't fully even know existed. Uh, so d- wouldn't that make you agnostic if there are experiences that we don't even yeah, which is, realize? Which is, that why, we can... which is why I say I used to be pretty hardcore atheist. Now mm-hmm. I lean more towards agnostic because of my uh, kind of spiritual experiences with drugs. And like the time that I uh, – two times I did DMT, it was very like kind of – the first time especially it was very like ritualistic. And like mm-hmm. we, it was like we're doing this to try to like explore and, and right. reach the deeper recesses of our mind and um, – so, yeah, I, I would say I'm a little more agnostic. I mean, that's why I joke about creating my own religion. Because right. I, yeah. I want to believe that there's something out there. Mm-hmm. Because if, if they're, the, the idea that I get to spend eternity with the people I love is amazing. That's so much better than it's just like it was before you were born. Right. 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 Like, right. Exactly. Just, that's exactly right. But, and I, I think, I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are religious, though, right? It's because that's terrifying well because it's comforting to think mm-hmm. that you know and that you get to spend that you and me cougar we get to spend eternity together it's okay if you die right because and i think it helps people move on and that sort of thing too but yeah i don't know so i don't know necessarily know what a soul is well so when you see those sunsets that are changing your perspective mm-hmm. it's beautiful mm-hmm. and when you see like a painting that's beautiful you would assume that that beautiful collection of ideas is from a creator right Mm -hmm. 
So when you see a sunset like that, does it not does it beg the question in your head like fuck something that had to have put something beautiful yeah. together? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, a little bit. Like there there's definitely part of me that sees that. Like I I hiked that mailbox hike uh, before. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, later yeah. on, I hiked it in the dark, completely yeah. in the dark before the sun came up, and I spent like two hours at the top of this. I'll show you the time lapse later. Just getting a time lapse of the sun rising from behind these mountains. Wow. Uh, and yeah, like it's like I, I sat there and I looked at this and like I literally had to look around and I was like, why are people not here every day to witness this fucking miracle? Like the fact that this is happening and nobody, nobody, everyone's on their fucking phones or watching TV. Like nobody's experiencing what this feeling is, especially because the entire hike up, you're it's pitch black and you're in the fucking wilderness. You there could be shit out there and you'd have no idea. It's like being in the ocean. That's not somewhere we belong, right? Mm-hmm. As humans, mm-hmm. that's not our comfort zone. Uh, and so then getting to the top and being like kind of still on edge, and then feeling the sunrise and like all of that anxiety and everything just lifted off of you, and you're like, it's another day. It's t- t- today really can be whatever I want it to be, and it's fucking beautiful. Uh, that shit makes me like think, yeah, there's, there has to be like something out something, there right. that, that has, and, and especially again, like doing DMT or acid and feeling like you're reaching another, I don't know, plane essentially. State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like no, totally. that, that totally. definitely makes you be like, eh, maybe there's more than I thought in my little four dimensional box. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But well, I'm, because I mean, also, sorry, uh, but I was going to say like, I mean, even, even if you look at, uh, like science, like the the visible light spectrum. It's crazy to me that we think we know as much as we do when we only see a very, very tiny, tiny portion of the light spectrum. Like all those pictures you see of space that people are like, oh, look at this space porn. It's like these beautiful nebulas and stuff. Mm-hmm. We as humans will never experience that. Those are all artificially colored photos that they, they color to represent the different gases in there. But if we saw that, it's just black, empty space, right? Uh, and so like there's so little that our fucking eyes and brains can actually perceive and everything that we do perceive is not really what the universe is it's just what our little peon brains can process it's the same thing it is yeah again that's kind of that same argument with time travel right it's just a a, uh, like a construct that we've made to try to help ourselves understand the Mm -hmm. conditions that we live in but it's not actually how the universe works right right um, so yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I could ever say again that 100% there's no God. Because I, 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 too I much think unknown. that's when someone says that, I think that's probably the most honest answer someone can give. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, I don't know. And it's okay to not know. Cause like, cause that's the thing. It's like, it's almost like a, this feeling or almost an instinct like, damn, there feels like there's something bigger than us, but I don't know. So you can't then say, well, there's this thing that's bigger than us and I know exactly yeah, about it yeah. and this is what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's sticky. It's sticky walking through stuff like this, but they're really important conversations to have, you know? You want to know something that really blow your mind? I, you might know this. I might have told you before. I'm you ready. know, purple doesn't actually exist. Purple's not a real color. Uh, so the way that our, our eyes and, and brains work, we have cones and rods in our eyes, right? They, right, right. As, as say, this, this table, this black, t- ah, it's a bad example, this blue phone. Okay. Uh, as light, uh, bounces off this blue phone, only the blue part of the visible light spectrum is reflected, and that blue light that's reflected is what my eye picks up. Those specific cones and rods in my eyes pick that up as blue, um, and they fire, and so that's what I see as blue. Right. But this is actually absorbing the rest of the visible light spectrum, so that's why I see it as blue, because blue is the only one that's reflected, right? Oh, right. But 
if you look at the visible light spectrum, uh, blue and red are on opposite ends, right? Right. Um, whereas, like, uh, fucking, say, yellow and... Uh, green? Is it yellow and green? Yellow and blue. Sorry. Create. <laughs> green. Green. Uh, <laughs> hey, I knew where the fuck you were going. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but so, so, yellow, so green's created because when, when the blue light is reflected, that cone fires or that rod, I don't, whatever the fucking proper mm. one is, and when uh, the yellow light is detected, that one all, also fires. They combine together and oh. it makes green. But because blue and red are at different ends of the spectrum, your brain technically has kind of essentially a freak out. Your brain glitches and it goes... We don't know what to do with this because these two shouldn't be firing at the same time. Purple, and so purple doesn't just, actually like, exist. Yeah, your brain you literally just, just makes up a color, and it happens to be fucking beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. best color. I love purple. Yeah, it's I, perfect color. I like purple. Purple too. and pink, man. Purple and pink—they're the two best colors. Nah, fuck well, pink, just purple. <laughs> nah, nah, man, I love pink. That's but that's just a great example of how limited. Our, our experiences our here, yeah. yeah, and we think that we know, like, oh, there, you know, there is or isn't. It's like, no, dude, we have no fucking. Because, like, the wisest man—I can't remember what philosopher it was—but he was known as like the wisest man to have ever lived because his quote was, "I know, I know nothing," and that's that's a great place to start. If you start with that premise, you're almost untouchable. Yeah. Because if you have to go out and try to prove everything and all these things that you quote unquote believe but have really just been forced on you, but when you can just be like, you know what, I actually don't know. I can talk about God because in the end, I don't know. You know, yeah. I can talk about politics and corruption because in the end, I don't really know, man. You know, you can't make these big claims at 100%, you know, so. And really what you end with at the end of that is rantings of a madman. Rantings of a madman. And that's it, man. And that's <laughs> it. We don't know, and that's what it creates. Hey, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Uh, David doesn't have any social media to plug, so therefore we will not plug ours either. I mean, it still exists. You can follow me on Instagram if you want. I don't post anything. But <laughs> you can look at my old, old show some stuff. Love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> go check out his new podcast, Rantings of a Madman, coming to all platforms? or uh, Just YouTube currently. Hopefully Spotify and the rest soon, but I just got to figure out some logistics. Beautiful. I'm a, a one-man operation, so it takes time. We feel you. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Thank you all. Love you all. Thank you.